Hey, I'm Scotty Young, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> I backed it's, up a little bit. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's, yeah, it's acceptable. We're good. You are. I mean, you'll you'll tweak it. You get in the file. You'll you'll, you'll make it good. Crack oh, sure, whip. sure. Crack that whip. For once, I approve of your your musical. <laughs> right. <laughs> Gotta keep you guessing. Yeah. Do that. <laughs> you said that with such disdain. Oh, so you read too much into me. I'm an analyst. What I do. Oh, my bad. Kathump, 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 kathump. You know what that is? That sound? Of, of, <laughs> your, of, of your wife's severed head rolling down the stairs? I don't know. Well, no. That, I mean, you, and on any other day, you could have been right. But today, it's my heart because it's the love for both of y'all on Valentine's Day. Yes. What? You know, leave it to you to dislike every holiday that means something and then have love in your heart for. Most artificial of all holidays, but, but thank it's you love for us. And, yes. Well, because I don't, I don't shine to many people, and uh, maybe I could count the the ones I do on two hands, and you guys are two fingers. Oh, give me over, Clint. Oh, yeah. Hey, that's just how I see it. Love it. Love you too, buddy. And I got a lot of good comics read this week. Oh, me too. Yeah, me too. Nice. Same. Maybe we should talk about some of them. Maybe we should. Maybe we on should. where? 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 589. Oh, Happy Valentine's Day. And I am Vince B. Oh, you are Vince B. And I am David A. Price. Yes, you are. And I am Onyx Prime. Oh, nice. Ooh, do you really want to be Onyx Prime, though? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, man, why not? He was making moves, not faking moves for centuries. He's nasty. He's oh, nasty. He's devious. Yes. Insubordination. No, you're not Onyx Prime, later known as Shockwave. That's right. You are Jason Wood in the house. And before we get into this, we have to uh, float a little disclaimer your way. Skype is not playing fair tonight. So um, we figured we have to get an episode out by hook or by stinking crook, right? Mm -hmm. So we we put a Band-Aid on it. We are on, well, I'm on a different machine than I usually am on. The MacBook is not, Skype on the MacBook's not doing well tonight. Won't let me connect. So I'm on my Linux box with Skype, and David, the beautiful and talented David Price, is recording this episode. So it's a little bit of a switch up. So if you notice a little bump in the audio quality, that's because this is not how we typically do this. Yeah. If you're a first time listener, it, it's going to get all crystal clear next time. Hopefully it's, it is this time. Well, it's and, just, and welcome. If you're a first time listener. Yes. Cause we love you so much. By the way, I don't know to, to that extent. I should say it is. I think sometimes we do, we do forget that we get, we get, and I presume lose new uh, listeners all the time, but we've had a bunch of new members to the Facebook group. Yeah. That have and I and by the way I I give them all peace and love because they're answering the questions yes. and quite a few of them joining uh, have just started listening in the last few months so it's awesome yeah I I I'm guessing we're gonna have quite a few new listeners what with all the stuff we have coming up in the next month or two got some big doings in the next few months for real proud of us it's true yeah. That's why Skype better get its act together. Because... <laughs> For sure. <laughs> we, we can't have another Nietzsche next week. No. Oh, God, no. 
<laughs> oh, that's not right. I'll call next year. No, you won't. <laughs> Like I can see you, I can see you guys. You sure you can't hear me? Ah, uh, he's cute though. He's a good man. I don't know if it's controlled down the space bar. Oh boy, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> Anyhow, and you know what else is is uh, uh yes? Uh, what was I going to say? Do you, do you know what else is really really good and brings out the love in my my heart? Our friends in Indiana. Yes, Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, where you get your comics cheaper than everybody else in the known universe, DCBService.com. The list of specials are up, is up, and they are amazing. From Image, you get some Ascender, number one, Jeff Lemire, Dustin Wen. It is the flip side to their Descender, which, unfortunately, I haven't read. Um, And I'm probably missing out. But uh, The Haunted Galaxy Part 1 is in this uh, first issue special. You can get it for $1.99. That's 50% off the $3.99 cover price. From Ahoy, we got the Bronze Age Boogie. It's a combination of all of the genres you loved about the 1970s. If you were alive, like me, and that's my favorite period of comics, you got your apes, monsters, kung fu, sword and sorcery, cosmic adventure, all in one book. It's uh, written by Stuart Moore and Tyrone Finch. And the art is by Alberto Ponticelli and Ellen Morissette. Or Morisset. Uh, cover price $3.99 in line with Ahoy's offerings to date. Uh, your price, 45% off that $2.19. And last but certainly not least, uh, a novel very near and dear to my heart, what with it being Valentine's Day at all. This is called uh, Mary Shelley, Monster Hunter Number 1 from Aftershock, written by Adam Glass. I wonder if it's in a relation to George. Um, and Olivia Briggs. And the arts by... <laughs> Freaking George Glass. Always gets me. Um, the art is by Hayden Sherman. And this is a uh, what-if type tale. What if... All of the stuff that young Mary Shelley wrote at age 19 in the novel Frankenstein was gleaned through observation. Ah, that sounds cool, right? Well, Indeed. Yes, it does. You can get it for $1.99. That is 50% off the cover price. DCBService.com does not mind late orders or order editions, and you get your books all shipped all right, nice and safe and secure and padded and or uh, popcorned. In a box, right to your door. Knock, knock, knock. My books are here. Holy crap. My day just got a zillion times better. DCBService.com. Nicely done, my friend. Boom. Boom. Which brings up another important question. Mm. What, after this glorious day of love, are you drinking? Who's going first? You. All right. I am not drinking the Mr. Black this week. Okay. Yeah, the thing I had last week, the coffee. Yes. Um, yeah, it's a little, a little too sweet. Yep. It's only for special occasions. Yep. Um, and unfortunately, the maker's mark is gone. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's all gone. So I am drinking, uh, once again, the penis noir from the barefoot. Kegel, kegel. A giant penis noir. With a giant foot. Yep. Well, you know, the tender, you can usually gauge it by the size of the foot, so I'm told. What are you drinking, Jason? I am drinking a Argentinian Malbec, and it's uh, Altos Las Hormigas. 
Mm. Yes, from Valle de Uco. Neat. Yes. 2015 vintage. You can't see me, but I'm 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 nodding my head in agreement. Uh, mm-hmm. This is it's also. A, by the way, I just I should mention. But sorry, sorry. No, no, I meant. But the people want to know. It it has luscious cranberry, cherry, and black fruit flavor <laughs> with a slight floral note, but a long finish. Yeah, it's a long finish. That's what she said. Just Valentine's like Day. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Uh, Children. Mine is also from 2015. Okay, George Glass. But we. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your boyfriend? George. <laughs> George Glass. Um, this is. Uh, it's 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 from these great United States. This is from California. It's a Cabernet Sauvignon, and it is uh, Clos de Bois, and it is uh, not bad at all. I've seen it around. I don't think I've ever had it. Um, I picked up a bottle last night because I was out and about, and uh, yeah, you know, it's talking about. Dark berry, spice, mingled, toasty oak, blah 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 blah. But it's um it's going down pretty well. So I am uh I will probably have it again in the very near future. Right on, right on. Wheat. Hey, before we get into the comics proper, oh. there was a little bit of news released this week from Marvel. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So that yeah, I always have to I I have to wait to hear the rest of it. Because for people who, for some behind-the-scenes stuff, when Vince says something might be news, it might be something that Jason and I mentioned, you know, months ago. So That is true. Um, I just Well, y- y'all could take a big old sausage and cram it up your ass. <laughs> it is Valentine's Day, after all. Might as well. Because this was recently... This is, this is hot news, okay? Okay, it's hot. This is the hotness. Um Marvel released some news that they are going to produce another Avengers title. Yes. This time called Savage <laughs> Avengers. Yes. Correct. And the team, uh, in, shut up, in, in addition to Venom and what looks like Brother Voodoo yeah. and, and the Punisher, uh-huh. Elektra, and Shitty Wolverine. Um, oh, right? You, know, you, took like, you just took it somewhere inappropriate. Seriously. Now, Conan. Why is it that? Is is going to be on the team. Yes. Now, I guess we, busy. we know that in Avengers No Road Home, Conan is slated to appear because we saw the solicitations in the previews last month. And we know Conan's going to be mingling with the Avengers in this weekly series. But it looks like Marvel's grabbing the, the Robert E. Howard license by the throat and throwing Conan into more than just one Marvel Universe book. And uh, this thing is going to be written by Jerry Dugan, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Art by, which um, David's going to grunt or, or do something, um, Mike <laughs> Diodato Jr., which is which is okay by me. Yes. But how do you guys feel Especially about this? He panels it up. Um, well... My initial reaction was groan, but not re- Conan as an Avenger is a groan, but but uh, the, the entire team sort of a groan for me. Like I know it's the point of it, but but none of these characters should be Avengers. Well, I disagree on one. Okay. Oh, Brother Voodoo. 
Doctor Voodoo. Or oh, Bro- oh, that's true. No, that's true. And he's been an Avenger before. That's that's true. As is Wolverine. But yeah, yeah, that's cool. Doctor Voodoo is fine. But but um, but I'm assuming this is the point of the book. I'm assuming the point is that this is like the Avengers X Force. <laughs> right. I was just gonna say yes. Yeah, yeah the team that, that they have to do the stuff that the Avengers would never do. So um, I, it's comics. It's Avengers. I'll read it. I I I I do find it interesting that Marvel is bringing Conan into the 616 so heavily because it does beg the question, are we going to have C-3PO on the X-Men soon? Or, I mean, is that, are we going to, like, why not that? They Marvel, Disney owns Star Wars now, lock, stock, and barrel, so nothing's precluding them from throwing Chewbacca into, you know, the new warriors. I, I, I don't know. I mean. Well, Chewbacca belongs in the Guardians of the Galaxy. But fair enough. Okay. Whatever works. Yeah. But I... <laughs> Safe to say that I'm the biggest Conan fan out of the three of us. Sure. Yeah. I th- I think this is neat. It's it's every issue is going to be like a what if. Remember back in the day, what if Conan they, fought they, Thor? What if he was in the 20th century? Yeah, I thought I thought those were kind of fun, and I think this is kind of fun as well. I'm a little bit put off that the Punisher's a member of the team. Frank yeah. works alone. You know, yeah. even even in the Marvel Knights, Frank was not really part of that core group. I right. mean, yeah, he interacted with them to a certain extent, but Frank was always the yeah, you go do this, I'll go do that. You know, the and I just he's come, I guess, of Civil War. He was like right, and can't beat the shit. As close as trying to be an Avenger, then. I'm and Marvel's really slamming the point home because splitting the the actual word Avengers is a sword right through the middle of the the word and. I, I, I don't know. I just think it's kind of cool, but it's it it is on the on the on the from a different angle. It's kind of silly as well because okay, suspension of disbelief. Okay, Conan is in the Marvel universe now, right? Is he still gonna wear? Is he still gonna go shirtless and and wear the <laughs> the loincloth? Like he's gonna look around no. and say, no, "Yay, verily, uh, you know, Hercules, Gilgamesh." They, I mean, the, the gods always dressed like the like the gods. Yeah, well, I mean, Hercules wears pants wear. now. It's it's there's yeah, but Her- no, Hercules. Plenty of Avengers comics. Hercules was in his original. Costume. Oh, back but, then, yeah, back in yeah. right. But I mean, they for 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 the they've they've kind of eased up on the whole um, on the 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 not quite kilt look it, it's because he's more of the adventurer now he always was but at least now you know he's got he's got pockets but you know it's it's i don't it's depending on how it plays out it's it's kind of hard to have a conversation with conan and then ask him you know if 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 he's got a tie to go with that shirt it's, it's i don't really i don't think it's it's weird yeah i mean it, it there really are your mind just kind of goes in different directions as to what they can do and how they can approach it. It, It's um, because part of me was even thinking that like, maybe because it's because of a voodoo that everybody, but Conan is in the present day. And like voodoo is, is using his hoodoo to kind of, maybe he's, he's pers- like, I was thinking maybe, you know, he's, he's pers- like Conan is going on missions, but in his time and then whatever he's doing there, affects the present day i was but it it's you know if, if i don't know what to expect yet and and it's all going to be i'm going to read the first issue because i want to see how everything gets set up and we're already reading no road home so however conan gets to 
the modern day 616 we'll all find out when it happens but right yeah and the other thing too is comics right we like if 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 it's if it's if anything about it bothers someone that no one we don't have to read it right that's the beauty right and it it, if it's with the uh our credo that comics should be ridiculous yeah listen You, you you don't have to love it you know it it's it's it has the the right amount of silliness for me and it features one of my favorite characters, Conan. I mean, I've sure. always, always loved Conan. And just to see him, like, who's he going to be macking on in the Marvel Universe? I was you just know gonna it's going to happen. We should talk about who's he going to bed first. Um, Probably Mary Jane. Uh, everybody else, everybody really? else picked me. You know, I'm going to go on a limb, out on a limb, and, and, and go from left field and say, I'm thinking he's going to be attracted to Dagger. Wow. I don't think he could get Dagger, though. Yeah, no. I mean, if, yeah. I'm thinking maybe Squirrel Girl. Oh. <laughs> see, yeah, that's that's pretty funny. I was, I was, I mean, Black Widow, I could see being. Um, oh, she's DTF, but right, that's what I'm saying. And and she, yeah. So, and, and she's another one who who isn't, uh, you know, picky when it comes to the guy she's hanging with. So, um, yeah, yeah. And, and for those of you playing at home. We are, of course, talking about love. What would it being Valentine's Day? We're not just talking about the dirty stuff. Right. No, so. we're not talking anything carnal. We're talking right. spiritual. Right. Sure. Conan yeah. is romantic, after all. He is. Hey, you know, <laughs> yes, he is. Um, while we're on the subject, oh. why don't we talk some Avengers No Road Home? Oh. Uh, okay. Did you read it? I have not. Oh, my God. Uh, well, then we're not going to talk about it then. No, you oh. please, by all means, you can. No. It's a weekly thing. I believe me, I'll catch up. I mean, considering he was he was the one who got us into no surrender, Vince. But you know, he'll sure. Oh, I'm sorry, I had to wait a week to read a comic. I know that's sacrilege, but well, the the writing team is pretty damn stellar. Mark Wade, heard of Al, him. Yes, Al Ewing and Jim Zub. I've heard you of all ha- three of those guys. They're all just powerhouses. You have Paco Medina on art with uh, Juan Velasco doing the embellishing and the uh, color artist is Jesus Arbatov. The setup's kind of simple. It begins with the aforementioned Hercules and he's reliving, you know, the glory days and, and um, there is a disruption at a local hardware store. He's called in, check it out. Uh, he uh, scopes out the place, and what do you know? Um, Rocket Raccoon was the one causing a disturbance because, um, you know, he's an anthropomorphic furry animal, and uh, the people didn't know how to take him, and they wouldn't serve him, and blah, blah, blah. And he freaked out, as Rocket tends to do. He goes a little over the top. And um, Hercules enters the fray, and as he does, uh, he's he's talking to rocket and they're having their their they're, they're saying their piece and rocket explains and hercules sticks up for him and it's fun and everything but the the lights go out literally um the sun goes away and everything becomes dark and and that's the progression through the entire issue wanda's meeting with clint and the lights go out uh you have vision and uh what's monica's name now spectrum Spectrum, yes. Yeah, you have Monica Rambeau and the Vision. Um, Vision is dying, 
and Monica is is helping him maybe get to the source of the problem with what with her energy based uh, powers. And as she is is attempting to find out what is really going on with the vision, the lights go out again. And Bruce is walking the lonely road. Bruce Banner, of course. Um, and uh, again, everything turns dark. But in Bruce's case, he's vis- he's um, approached from out of nowhere by Voyager. And Voyager says, eh, we got big trouble. You got to come with me. Um, and there's a nice little exchange, which I will not reveal in case you haven't read the issue. Uh, so long story short, it's not only Earth where the, all the lights are going out. It's, it's everywhere. The, the Skrull homeworld lights out. Uh, um, and, and there's a nice little trio of panels that just shows you how far reaching all of this is. And even, they make a point of saying that even, even on a, an outpost doing you know, solar research, the sun, you know, went out or, or was he, uh, shrouded in, in darkness. So, uh, to get to the, the whole, you know, crux of the biscuit here, Olympus has been attacked by something. And, uh, the, uh, the gods that, uh, of which, um, Hercules is one daddy, uh, Zeus, and um, all the uh, Pantheon, they're all dead. And we get to see who did it at the end of this issue, or or who's a principal player in who done it. But uh, and oddly enough, the the big bad at the end of this issue is very similar to something else I read this week, which is kind of cool. Um, but we're not given a whole bunch of information. We know that uh, lights have gone out voyagers assembling a team because she knew that something was up on olympus she she kind of um if she didn't witness it she she came in on the tail end and saw the after effects of what did it and uh someone happens to mention the big bad's name and from what we can tell she's going to pay for it at the end of this issue but that's all it's all set up but wow i thought it was it was very Nicely drawn, beautifully embellished. It was just a fun, old-timey issue. And it's Jason's getting the band together thing. Yes. That's what, my jam. What say you, David? Uh, I say it absolutely looks fantastic. Um, I am... Uh, a couple of variants were on display yesterday, and I had... I. I had one of them in my hand, but I think I'm just going to um, read the digital version so I can have the um, the hardcover on the shelf right next to the No Surrender hardcover. And I, 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 I there is definitely some, there's continuity visually because you have the same setup with the roll call at the beginning of this issue, just mm-hmm. like it was in uh in no surrender it's what's nice is that whereas immortal hulk spun out of no surrender uh recent events from immortal hulk if you're caught up there when when we're introduced to bruce banner in this first issue of no road home it picks up from uh 
from the recent Immortal yep. Hulk arc. So it 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 all I I I love how we it's the same three writers. Um, so far, one of the artists who worked on No Surrender, and it's um, it, it's a fantastic continuity, and, and it doesn't. Whereas No Surrender took place in the Avengers title before Jason Aaron rebooted it or relaunched it, um, this is its own thing with with its own team. Whether we'll see Aaron's Avengers in it somewhere down the line over the next twelve or so weeks, we'll see. But right now. Um, these are characters that aren't being used too often. There's a um, there's a mention to the West Coast Avengers because Hawkeye is here. Um, I, I think. The, go ahead. No, I was going to say the interaction between the Hulk and Hawkeye was great. It absolutely was. There is. Yeah. This is this is one of those things. And even though, it, it, even though that that scene may have um, missed a an editor's note. The, the conversation, the exchange between Hulk and Clint didn't leave anything up for, for guessing. There was no room for interpretation. This is exactly what happened. You're all caught up now. You don't need to worry about Civil War II. You don't need to worry about where it may have happened, whatever the hell they're talking about. This is just, this is what it is. There are some, some there's some tension here between some characters. Um so we're not Hulk, all Hulk is sadistic. He he really is, and and he is. No, he he is. It's it's and I, I've I've read, I've read a ton of different iterations of the Hulk over the years. We all have, whether it's whether it's when he was in charge of the Pantheon, whether it, where where is Mister Fix It, whether it was you know the the Mantlo brute dumb brute Hulk. It, it's we've we've all read Hulks with different aspects to a personality and, and how he presents himself, whether he was, he was his own, whether he was, whether he's a creature with, with, with his own brain and personality walking around or whether it was Banner's brain inside Hulk's body. And, and this is, this is Hulk who is, who, who, who shares a body with Banner and, and, and they are two separate people, but, but the conversations Hulk had, Hulk is extremely, smart and he is um he's he he doesn't mince words he's he's uh when 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 voyager shows up they have a neat little exchange uh when um when when they show up and see hawkeye he they they have an, an interesting exchange so there's there's a lot of um all the characters whether it's it's because you have it's random down, but you have Hawkeye, you have Hulk, you have Rocket, you have Hercules, and and everybody. We have three writers, so so they should all be able to handle all of these characters. But every character sounds just like, at the exception of Hulk. But everybody at Hercules sounds like he did when Stern was writing the Avengers, and 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 Hawkeye sounds just like he did does since. You know, way back in the West Coast Avengers days, and it, it, these are all characters that I'm familiar with. And, and even though there are some stories that that Marvel may be telling these days, where the characters may have been tweaked somewhat because of movies or because of different eras and 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 changing with the times, these characters all sound like they 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 come across as if I've always known them, and and 
kudos to the three writers for being able to give every character their own unique voice. The, the, the things that, you know, Wanda says couldn't be said by Voyager. And, and, and you know, Hercules' attitude can't change places with, with the Hulks. Everybody kind of just is is perfect for the role that they're playing and and i i think it's it's off to a fantastic start and if if it's if if this first issue is any indication as to what we can expect as this event he says in air quotes plays out um then it is it is a very very worthy sequel to to no surrender yeah it's a great hook this first issue yeah i i especially liked the um, nod to the history that Hulk has with Rocket Raccoon. Yep. And let's be honest, a lot of contemporary readers are going to read those that little exchange and be like, "What's up with that? Like, why? Where, where did this? Where did this come from?" Right. But you know, if you if you are supposed to be for if you, <laughs> it's true. But if there was editor's notes on this thing, there'd be one on every page. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, and the um. If you know your your Marvel history or you were around back then, like we were, Rocket Raccoon first appeared in the pages of The Incredible Hulk. It may not be exactly like the 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 piratish gadget gathering imp you know him from the movies, but um yeah, the 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 skin was there and, and it was um you know, obviously they've fleshed him out over the years and um and we can thank Abnett and Lanning for that as well and um this is this is very much a um if you enjoy the Guardians of the Galaxy movies and if you enjoyed Infinity War, this rocket is very reminiscent to that. Not to say that, you know, Duggan or Bendis's run of Guardians of the Galaxy didn't also reflect the movie version, but this is I, I definitely hear uh the character voiced by Bradley Cooper when I when I read this issue. Yeah, yeah. Not to the, nitpick, by the way. Uh, I know what you're saying, but I mean, Rocket's first appearance was Marvel Preview number seven. Because <laughs> uh, I have it. No, no, I'm not. I'm talking about the four color comics. I'm yes, not yes, but his first appearance in 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 a floppy was in fact the Hulk number well, two seven. How many how many how many issues do you have? How many copies? Uh, do you I have one that? copy of that as well. Okay. We're in the club, but you you knew what I meant, of course. I know, but our listeners, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I, but you know, our listeners are 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 hard. That is true. Yes, like, someone will show up on the Facebook group. And, by the way, no, it, it's it's very true, and they love to gang up on me, but that's fine. Oh, oh yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> You know one thing that doesn't we sit lose well. Half our audience, if you didn't exist, at least the one thing that doesn't sit well with me is Wanda not being with Vision. Oh, bro, like, that ship sailed a long time ago, though. I, I realize that. But whenever Wanda is is shown with someone else, like in this case, it's it's Dr. Voodoo, it just doesn't, it doesn't feel right to me. The Vision and the Scarlet Witch, not only was it a, a, a title of two miniseries, yeah. it, it just, that is the couple. It's like Reed and Sue. It's right. You know, and, I never, I, I never bought her and Simon together. It's weird. I just I, oh, I no. no, no. Who <laughs> Simon. I just, you know, I mean I Well, they're I like Wonder Man, but I just I could never the same person really though, so. 
Yeah, but it's just I don't know. It, it's just one I of mean, those conceptually, things. it makes sense because right, like Jason right. said. Yeah, yeah. But I just which is it, which was a, a nice little creative flourish right. within the that that ongoing narrative. But she eventually did go back with Vision. I just think yes. that's the way they should be. I agree. I agree. Well, I certainly wouldn't be upset if they got back together, but no. And I absolutely... Well, I'm glad it's off to an auspicious start because oh, great start. Yeah, uh, the I, last last the the first one was amaze balls. I am a I am a big fan of the way um, Paco Medina draws the female form. I mean, he draws male characters great too. I, I he's, he's every line serves a purpose, and and there's no no needless noodling around. No. No cross-hassing just for the sake of, you know, throwing some extra lines on there. Everything looks fantastic. There's, yeah, it's it's one of my... It, it was a fit. I, I, you know, it's one of the best things I read this week out of... And, and I've read a lot of good things this week, so... Excellent. You know, I know Voyager's a relatively new character. Relatively. Oh, yeah. But, but she feels like she's been around forever, which is a testament to... No surrender, of course, right. and all the creative people that worked on that. But the, I mean, visually, the design of her, she just feels like an Avenger, and mm-hmm. that's a that's hard to do. Agreed. To, to in, introduce a new character that feels like, she, you know, she's been around for as long as they had claimed that she was around back in the 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 no surrender. So, I mean, it's, it's just, we, we, we're taking, I think we're taking this character, not we, but collectively, I don't think she, we're giving them enough accolades for seamlessly integrating a character into, um, uh, a shared universe that's existed since 1963. Mm-hmm. You know, I just think it was a neat little thing to do that it worked and it's very di- difficult, but, uh, one little tiny nitpick, eensy teensy nitpick. I think Medina draws Rocket a little too tall. Mm. Just a little. Don't, don't you think, David? I think um, it's I, th- there are some angles where, yeah, I don't know. He, it's it's very similar to to the version from from the movies. I think I know Hercules is is a very large man, so Rocket. As tall as Rocket is in comparison, like especially when Hercules is just holding him up by the scruff of his back, it, it's it's yeah. Look how long his legs are. Right. Come on, right, and the, especially in the bottom panel, bottom left on that page where Hercules is right, holding that's him what I'm up. Saying, right, I mean, that, that's exactly if 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 it was um you know if it was Doctor Strange holding up Rocket like that, I I, I the scale would probably be a little off. So I, I I do see what you're saying, especially in Hercules's hand. He's probably bigger than he should be. Hmm. That's a little tiny knit. Otherwise, ninety-eight percent perfect issue. <laughs> nice. It's a yep. solid A. It, 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 hell yeah, A plus. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, what else do we have? Well, speaking of books that came out this week, oh, okay, good. Um, <laughs> an issue dropped this week that completes a miniseries, uh, and that is the Magic Order number six of six. Yeah, I was waiting for it to come out so I could read it. I mean, all, all six to come out so I could read it, but yeah. Yes. 
published by Image Comics uh, through their through well in partnership with Netflix of all things uh, because Mark Miller has joined Netflix as we all know for a grip of money so everything he does will now be turned into Netflix properties including this this will be um, I'm not sure if it's going to be a movie or a TV show they did put a trailer out about it already um, but yeah th- this this was um, also billed as Olivia Coipel's foray into creator owned comics. Uh, we discussed the first issue in some detail back in the summer of 18 when it came out. Um, book came out in June, July, August, and September. And then there was a, a month break. So the fifth issue came out in December. And then there was another two-month break. So not too bad. Eight months for the series to come out. I, I can't be too mad at that. Um, holy shit. Was this great? This was fucking great, dude. <laughs> I... I love every single thing about this comic. I love the art. I love the story. I love it. This is the thing that Miller does better than anyone else in comics. He, he can give you a fully satisfying six issue story because most six issue stories that we get today are either because sales didn't justify keeping it going or because everybody writes for the trade now, but they have ideas to go beyond that. Miller has pretty much made a living the last decade telling six issue stories for yeah. the most part. Yeah. You know, he has an idea, he gets it out. Now, skeptics or pessimists would say, well, that's just because he's doing it so he can get a movie deal. Maybe, maybe, but I'm just judging this for what it is, which is a six issue comic book limited series. And I thought it was fantastic. First of all, Quapel can do no wrong. The dude, there's nothing he can't draw well. And that includes uh, a male dick. We see a male <laughs> dick in this comic. Uh, one, 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 one. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! A male, a male dick, or yes. a, a dick? Yes, sorry. Yes, sorry. You, you understand my point here? You I got gotcha. you. Um, but uh, but the premise is, is 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 badass. It's and you know some of you that remember the June episode, this might be redundant, but say lovey. Um, there is a group of uh, magic wielders, wizards, whatever you want to call them, um, that have been the protectors of the earth, kind of like your Dr. Strange for time immemorial. Right. And it's modern times now, and they're called the magic order. And, uh, the leader of the magic order at this point, um, is, uh, he's, he makes his living as a magician, right. Which is like in the sense that, um, kind of like Mandrake, you know, like a stage magician by day, but, uh, but he is, he is, a legitimate wizard uh, by night. He's got uh, he's got seeds. He's got kids that um, are varying degrees of success. So, but it's not just him. That there's a whole group of these magic wielders that uh, that um, you know spread out all over the world. And in the in the early goings of the series, we are introduced to a set of ne'er do well wizards who are led by um, a woman named Madame Albany. And she has a new right-hand man, an assassin called the Venetian. And the Venetian is not to be fucked with. Dude seems to be a far more powerful wizard than even all of these great Magic Order wizards. And he sets about assassinating them one by one. And the way that Miller and Quapel depict these assassinations is freaking off the charts. Each one is completely different. And it's just visual sight after visual sight. Um, the first one, which again, we talked about this back in it, when it came out, but in the opening pages of the series, 
there's a man and a woman having sex and Albany and the Venetian are watching from afar. And she, she says, Oh, they just finished copulating. Uh, but it looks like there's protections around his house. I don't know how we're going to get in. And the Venetian says, don't worry, I'm already in. And all of a sudden there, the, the couple's little boy gets out of his bed, walks into their bedroom, climbs onto the bed and shoves a knife right into his dad's head. So the Venetian took control of their son and had their son stick a knife in this dude's head to kill him. Like that's the kind of book this is. It's off the charts. Um, so the, the, but the, the great thing about this and, and why I think it was absolutely a home run is you quickly understand it's basically a battle of, of control of the magic order. Uh, Madame Albany is the, she is the, um, she is the cousin of the leader of the order. And she feels that she should be the rightful order because her father was the head of it. And he bequeathed the magic order when he stepped down to his nephew, Leonard, uh, instead of her. And and she felt some kind of way about that, particularly because there is a particular um, book uh, of spells called the Oracalcum. And it's this book that's got spells that are so powerful and so dark that the wizards are prohibited from even looking inside the book. All they are safe keepers of it. And she wants the book. But what's awesome about the way they do this is it's not as though, I mean, Albany is and her crew are pure, pure gangsters. I mean, they're, you know, they're out to kill, but she's not looking to like destroy the order. She just feels like she would be better as the leader. And her whole goal is to get the book to defeat all these people that she feels wronged her and then to let the order continue to exist and protect earth. So she's, she's kind of multifaceted, but in the meantime, she's got this Venetian and he's just laying wreck to everybody. So, you know, eventually he takes out pretty much every other member of the order. And then he goes after the Moonstones who are the, the center family. There's Leonard, who's the dad, he's the leader. There's Cordelia who we're introduced to. She's your, your renegade of the group, uh, kind of a, a young hot brunette. She gets in a lot of trouble with the law. She drinks. She parties. She's the uh, you know the black sheep of the family. Then there's Reagan, who is um, uh, the responsible son. He owns a nightclub and and he's um, you know he's a loyal member. And then there's Gabriel, who is the the third member of the family. Um, they they make reference to Gabriel constantly as being the most powerful ever or the one with the most potential, like you're you're Harry Potter, if you will. But Gabriel has. Um, walked away from the wizarding life. He has, uh, he has committed to his wife that he won't practice magic anymore. And it's because their daughter died. Um, and as the series goes on, you find out why, why, why the daughter, how the daughter died and and, and why he blames himself. Um, and then you've got other characters, but basically no matter what they do, they can't, they can't stop the Venetian and Madame Albany from, uh, from taking care of business. And Vince, you'll appreciate this. Another member of the evil side is uh, a guy named Lord Cornwall, who looks like, um, I mean, he looks human, but he's got blue skinned and he's a, a shapeshifter. And uh, he turns into different forms to sexually please Madame Albany, including taking on the form of herself. So basically, like at one point, she's fucking herself. Um, it's, it's pretty freaky. But um, sounds but great. It's great. And so they go on and they're doing battle and, and what have you. And, and it's the question is, of course, how are they going to stop the Venetian? Um, and it basically comes down to can they get Gabriel to um, recommit to the order for for the sake of it? And then in issues five and six, there are two jaw-dropping twists 
there's a huge reveal and twist that I didn't see coming about who the big bad is. And then after that, there's another twist about how they're going to end up defeating the big bad because of something that someone else did that no one expected. And it was awesome. I mean, it was absolutely awesome. I, uh, I'm, I'm trying to be coy about the ending because Dap hasn't read issue six, but it is an absolute home run. The trade, I think, is solicited this month in previews. Pretty sure this is the month that's solicited. It comes out in April. So for those of you that weren't buying this in issues or are waiting for the trade, definitely get the trade because this was an absolute home run. I thought this series was the bomb. You sure it's this month? Pretty sure. Yeah. In fact, yeah, I'm looking at my order form now. Yeah, the magic order. Well, I'm gonna have to get it. I don't have it on my order. Oh, you all right, should then. get it. We so. should get it, and then we can all talk about it. I, well, okay. I'm looking at some. <laughs> I mean, together. Uh, I'm looking at some pages. I mean, it's Quapel. Well, so I mean, that's, yeah. that's gorgeous. Yeah, it does look really nice. Yeah, extremely so. Beautiful, even. Yeah, yeah, it's and it's 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 R strong R rated. I mean, yeah, there's sex and a lot of violence, a lot of profanity. Not a not a comic for the kiddos, but uh, I've seen some people compare this to adult Harry Potter. I'm not quite quite sure I would I would make that comparison. Um, yes, they are wizards, and yes, they use wands, but that's really where the comparison ends. Um, I think if you have any kind of broader or older exposure to the idea of magic I, I i think i think they both you know i, I think that's where the similar like i don't see this as something that miller took from I, I don't see him saying oh let's what would happen if there was an adult version of harry potter i i think it's more like just as jk rowling drew from some common tropes about magic and spell wielding that already existed i mean it wasn't like she invented magic wands or spells i think he just he just takes his inspiration from that same place right and magic and sex go very well together. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. yeah. Another cool feature: they, um, their domain, uh, where they meet, their sacred meeting ground, is in a painting at the univer- uh, at the uh, at the Museum of Art in Chicago, and so it's hanging on the wall. But uh, only if you're invited in can you walk through the painting into the domain. It's pretty cool. Well, nice that is that very show. neat. Yeah. yeah. Got to get it. You do need yeah. to get it. You really, really do. <laughs> Tap, Vince. What do you love? Oh man, I loved um, something else that came out yesterday, also from Marvel. Um, the second issue of Captain Marvel, and Jason talked about the first issue when that came out. Um, last month and we picked the second issue up mere seconds after the cliffhanger um, of the first issue where uh, Captain Marvel is um, is in a fight with the nuclear man and um, basically spears him uh, through a barrier and then disappears. And um, this is all happening on, um, on on Roosevelt Island. And the male Avengers, in this case, Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, and well, James Rhodes was on a date with Carol. 
or having lunch with Carol when, when it happened. And, um, and so the second issue, Carol is on Roosevelt Island and, and she, we start off with her fighting nuclear man. And, um, it's kind of an even fight to some degree. Um, but, uh, she gets some help in the form of Jessica Drew and Jennifer, who's Hazmat, who we saw in the first issue, and Echo. Um, but they look like they've been there for a while. And and Roosevelt Island looks like it's almost um, not quite escaped from New York, but it's, it's definitely seen better days. And uh, turns out that even though it's only been a couple of hours since Carol last saw Jess or even not even as long since uh, she last saw Hazmat. Um, It's been days and weeks for the people on the island, for the women, because this barrier is, is, which is invisible, but is, um, is separating everybody else from, um, from Roosevelt Island. So while as where, where, where is Cap and, and Iron Man can't see Carol and she can't see them, um, there's something separating them. And there's also something going on because time is passing a lot quicker, um, within, uh, that barrier. So we, um, the issue is pretty much just, um, just Carol trying to find out what the hell's going on here on Roosevelt Island. Um, Jess is kind of out of her mind because she's been here for about 25 days and um, hasn't seen her child in that long. Um, so it's nice that even though they've been there for a while, everybody on the outside of the barrier, it's only been a few hours. So um, it's not going to be a stressful for the people they, they kind of left behind um, in Manhattan. But the, the art by... Um, Carmen Canero is still fantastic. Um, as as great as the first issue is, I think the second issue, as far as um, you know, the the characters, the layouts, the, the the detail of of what's left of Roosevelt Island and and the bunker, their their little war room that they have, um, there really isn't any uh, any scrimping or shortcuts going on here. Um, but it does seem to be mostly women that um that are here on the island there are some men because there's a um there is one one person sam the only male in the compound with with all these women he escaped um he's the only one who managed to escape the um the citadel which is nuclear man's um his headquarters but um by the time you get to the end of this issue, um, another Avenger shows up and um, leads Carol to think that, you know, the tide has turned and and, and the odds may be in their favor. Uh, but something happens on the last page, which makes you wonder if that's actually going to come to pass. But I think, yeah, I don't know if I've ever bought it. Captain Marvel comic off the stands. Um, and now this is 
my second one. So it's there's, which is, you know, kudos to Kelly for. Carol isn't exactly a character that I've always been enamored by. Um, you know, yeah, there's the Cockrum drawn character, and uh, then of course she was the binary and then the whole thing with, with rogue taking her powers. And so I knew, I knew who Carol was. I just really didn't, I wasn't so concerned. And, um, and even, even up into the past few years before, you know, civil war, things like that, I was just like, okay, you know, I mean, yes, she's, she's, she's a very powerful character and, and, and she's a leader and, um, she definitely has a role and, and I, I appreciate how the other characters in the Marvel universe respected her, but I just there's some characters that I just not really all that attached to or or worry about. But um, and it's I, I I can't even say it's because of the movie coming out. I don't you know I'm not I'm not worried about the MCU version of of Carol and what they're going to do as far as the comics go. But this this is um you know as as I haven't read a whole lot of Carol Danvers stories. Um, and I didn't read the mini leading that, that came out right before this. Um, so this is basically, I'm kind of jumping in. So Captain Marvel number one was my jumping on point. And um, I'm, I'm digging the ride we're going on so far. And I think this is, this is a really cool setup because, or at least it, for me, it's a really cool introduction because even though I know she's an Avenger and I know she's friends with Avengers, this is her. Her book, it's a solo book, and and even though we have characters like Spider-Woman in it, um, and there's the whole hazmat character that, that she's going to kind of take under her wing, according to the first issue, um, you know, we're not, we're not getting, the Avengers aren't coming in to save the day, necessarily. This is still, this is still her book. Um, she's the star, and, and we're, we're seeing everything play out. Uh, through her eyes, so I, um, I'm, yeah, I could now say I'm, I'm, I'm more of a Captain Marvel fan now than I ever was uh, after only two issues. But yeah, um, Kelly actually is making me care about Carol Danvers. But yeah, I, I think it's, um, I, I thank Jason for talking about the first issue and and giving me that that talking enough about it where I was interested and. Um, and I was real. I, I really dug the first issue, so this one was a um, a really cool follow up. Not, it, it didn't feel like filler or anything phoned in. It's moving the story along. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm psyched to see where uh, where it's going from here, especially with that last page cliffhanger. But it, it's um, I, the art is a huge sell. But uh, what Kelly's doing with the characters is definitely having me coming back you nice. know what you know what same nice yeah but it brings me and 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 i am in line with everything you said about carol danvers i didn't really love the character i mean binary was cool right um definitely looked but cool. but i mean she was there yes she was beautiful so there, there was a, an aspect of the eye candy element to right. it, and maybe you call me superficial, but that's, I mean, you put a blonde in a costume like that, especially with the waist sash, I mean, like, I'm there. <laughs> right. But but it just, it goes back 
recently, I, I thought when I was reading Sierra uh, Muerte by Michelle Fife, yes, with the GI Joe characters, I don't have the same kind of love for the GI Joe characters that Jason does. Sure, yeah, a- unless it's GI Joe is followed with versus Transformers, <laughs> I'm really not caring all that much, right? right? But it it just goes to show if you put a creator with a resounding vision and uh, a clear cut like approach to the character like Carol Danvers whatever but Kelly Thompson's Carol Danvers it just it it yeah. seems like it's something elevated. yeah right it seems like something outside the norm so i enjoyed it very much but that's saying something when it when it's Carol Danvers right yeah she uh, to me she's a support character not so much when kelly's writing her she is the main character so i guess that's as as uh, a compliment that i can pay when you take someone that's always been on the sidelines for me works well with others sure but now you're putting her in the in the spotlight and it just works yeah. and i believe it, it, yeah. it there, there's an authenticity to it that it just seems right so yeah, I, I enjoyed them too. I mean, as much as I, I'm a, as much as I grew up loving, I uh, love loving Beak too. But as much as I grew up loving Marvel comics, and and you know, doesn't matter what they put out, I was going to check out, you know, whether it's the Power Pack or Super Boxes. If if something comes out, I'm like, okay, it's a Marvel comic. But if you're giving me like, if, if I'm looking at Captain Marvel or no, Dazzler. It's like, oh, I'm going to see what Firestorm's doing this month because I there really isn't a whole lot. There are some characters that I just... And yes, I realize that, that those are just two female characters I mentioned, but there's just some characters that I'm not... It's very hard for me to... And even back then, 75 cents, it's like, yeah, I don't know if I really feel like reading this for... Even though it had the Frank Springer art. But yeah, I'm like, you know, so there... But yeah, nowadays... Um, Springer's great. Absolutely. But... um you know, I was young and dumb, but we had, um, yeah, I, I can definitely appreciate what, what, what Kelly's doing here. And I'm sure we'll get to it later, but it, it, it takes a lot for myself being male to completely identify with a female character. But when it's written like Kelly does Captain Marvel or... You know, I mean, there there are um, a, a bazillion writers that write great female characters. Right. Not all of them male, or not all of them female. It, it's easier for me, like to 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 wrap my head around this character driving the bus. You know, it just it some are better than others, and and Kelly seems to really have slipped into the costume of Captain Marvel where it just it just it's believable it's it's fun and it it just feels there's there's a, a veracity to it you know what i mean yes i like it i like it a lot you guys are warming my heart over here yep. i mean damn oh i'm going to let you down with mine oh no, yeah well, wait what i'm going to let you down with my next book Oh, well, I'm, before I'm you do, though, let me just finish off y'all's... Let me give you some love. I love that you guys are opening yourselves up to the glory of Carol Danvers, because it's about goddamn time. 
And and I will mention that uh, you may know this already, but but Kelly has written Carol before. She uh, she co-wrote Captain Marvel and the Carol Corps. Oh, Kelly really? Sue, uh, a few years ago, um, which was like kind of like Kelly Sue, who I think at this point we could say wrote the definitive Captain Marvel run to this point in her existence. Okay. Uh, she handed off the baton to Kelly uh, with that series. So. Ah, you have to admit though, the good ship Carol Danvers had been rudderless for a lot of years. They didn't know what to do with the character. That's true. Oh, she's binary now. And then, you know, the whole thing with Rogue. And it's just like, yeah, I, I know you have to keep reinventing the characters to keep them fresh. But, I mean, I don't know. It just seems like they didn't have a plan with Carol. They were just trying whatever. Sure. Because when you take the name Captain Marvel in a in a universe where that was one character and he died... You know, that, that's a pretty giant legacy to live up to. But this feels right, you know? There have been other characters that have taken the, the, the mantle of, of Captain Marvel. Genis, that felt right, because he was directly related to, you know, the original Marvel. So, Monica? I, yeah, that didn't feel right at all. Oh, no. Mm. Monica Rambeau? Yeah, no, I seen that. No, I loved it. She she no. was the first person I thought of as Captain Marvel. Really, yeah, I, I mean, because of the Avengers. Yeah, because of yeah. The, yeah. Uh, no, no, Mm-mm. racist. The, I'm uh, not racist. <laughs> <laughs> Why does not have to be racist? My God. Uh, I love you so much, but I have something, and this is where I'm going to lose Jason. Oh. Hopefully not, but maybe. Maybe I, I why don't you know, just preempt it? Why don't you just talk about it and and then maybe maybe I'll be interested. Maybe I won't be. I mean, all right. Well, this five issue um, limited series miniseries was an attempt to add a pulp character styled backstory to the Marvel universe. Intrigue. Go ahead. Okay. It was written by David Liss magnificently illustrated by Patrick Zercher. Oh, yes. Color art by Andy Troy. It is called Mystery Men. Yes. Now, when you drop those two words, again, there is a huge, huge legacy of uh, characters that have used those two words. But in the Marvel Universe proper, it starts during the Great Depression. In fact, it's it's at a time when the Empire State Building was a new site on the landscape of New York City. So, what was that? I read this when it came out. Oh, it's so good. It's it's. I don't like to call anything perfect because perfect is an unattainable goal. But as far as I'm concerned, that fluid word perfect, like perfect for me is not perfect for you or perfect for Jason. Sure. This is a perfect miniseries yeah. to me. Um, on the uppermost most floor of the Empire State Building gathers an evil group of power brokers that determine the fate of the entire world. They pulled the strings of the world far and it's it's symbolic, far above the human rabble. They're on this tippity top of this gigantic, the world's largest building at the time. Um, and they decide whether the the depression continues or ends. They 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 scrutinize and manipulate everything right down to the amount of nicotine and cigarettes. Like, they're in control. And they are in, They are led by an abomination called the General. 
this man is is able to cloud the minds of men and especially women and sell auto insurance <laughs> with Sha- Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> uh, but the general is in league with evil, um, and he's trying to bring this this evil entity into the into his reality. Um, the more human pain and suffering he can generate for this great evil, the closer this entity comes to manifesting in his reality, right? So the general lures this aspiring actress, Alice Starr, to what she believes is kind of a, you know, a career-boosting meeting. Uh, this is going to be great for your career, sweetheart. Um, come to the meeting. It's a, you know, whatever. And so she goes and and it's on a ship and he takes her to the deck of the ship and the generals she's like what's going on i thought we were going to have a meeting and he kills her he has this hook and he just eviscerates this woman and when she hits the deck this infernal pentagram type thing with all runes and everything around it manifests and he takes her and he throws her overboard like so much garbage you know um so he's sacrificing this innocent young lady to to bring this evil overlord into the reality right so just to paint the picture of what the general is the general is he's he's this pale red-eyed he he looks like he's fallen apart but he casts this kind of glamour where and they make a point of saying that when he goes to meet alice at her this this broadway show type thing all the girls are like, oh, you're, 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 you're military man's here. I'd like a piece of him, you know, and he's horrid. He's horrible. He looks disgusting. And, and these women are like, they, they just want him. So he can, he can cloud and manipulate the minds of those around him. But he, on the, this board that, that meets in the Empire State Building, just to tell you what kind of guy this is, he's trying to push the board into allying with these wonderful German and Japanese people that are trying to to expand their empire. So so he's a scumbag, a, a not a nice person, you know. And he's also hot on locating this artifact. That there's this archaeological dig in Turkey, and he's he's desperate to get this artifact. But I'll t- more about that later. So the the thing with Alice's death, that's the whole. That's the thing that gets the ball rolling on this miniseries because the Alice was the girlfriend of one Dennis Piper, a dude who's also known as the operative. He's he's a masked vigilante that he's he's basically a 1930s Robin Hood. He 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 infiltrates the the penthouses of these fat cats and he he robs them and he he takes the booty and he distributes it among those who are struggling through through the depression and he leaves a nice little calling card that says the operative you know was here um but to make matters worse dennis is also the general's son so the general just done killed his son's girlfriend and um the the general kind of relentlessly trained slash abused dennis like he pushed him harder than bruce wayne pushed himself you know, so he's at he's at peak physical and mental condition. He can fight. Um, he can get out of a trap. Uh, but the now the son is hell bent on vengeance against daddy. 
problem is the the general controls the cops you know so he has his son framed for the murder of the girl that he just killed and the operative goes on the run and he's all hell-bent to make daddy pay so what does he do this is basically a um a kind of getting the band together for the first time type thing where the operative runs into people with extraordinary powers and they're all basically pulp styled heroes that can help him in the quest of bringing down daddy you have the revenant uh, a guy named ezekiel wright and he's an african-american and in the 30s being an african-american was you know not the optimal situation for the human organism and and through this miniseries there's a lot of racial slurs that are thrown at the revenant the the cops call him you know it's in the book so i gotta say it the, the cops call him darky you know um and and they 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 kind of chide the guy for being not the same color that they are but that was the time right um it just casts these people in the light with which they should be cast. They're, they're, they're not nice people, right? They're not good people. Um, but Ezekiel was a magician's apprentice, and he learned far more than his master. And the, the dude appears, he's, he's all cloaked in white. He's got the gloves on. He's all, he, he's all in white, beautiful suit, but he can generate clouds of smoke, to conceal himself he can cast illusions he can escape traps you know he catch a bullet in his teeth there's one panel where the dude catches a bullet right in his teeth don't um and he can fight like the dickens also you have aviator sarah star which just so happens to be alice's sister and she looks a lot like alice so the operative likes kind of like you know making google eyes at her but it is not to be just read the book and <laughs> Um, Alice is the spitting image of, of, no, Sarah is the spitting image of Alice and she, she's like carrying a lot of guilt cause she's an aviator and she stole a plane one day and she took her friend joy flying and the plane wasn't tuned properly and the plane crashed. And guess what? Al, um, Sarah's friend died. So she killed somebody just having fun up in the air and, uh, because of that, she lost her aviator's license. You can never fly again, young lady. But that didn't stop her. She created a jet pack. And if you think female rocketeer, you're dead on the money. That's exactly what she is. She's a female rocketeer, Dave Stevens rocketeer. Um, you have this Rupert Kingsley character called the Surgeon, who was a doctor in this really small town called Dark Willow. And... Uh, he made the mistake of saving the life of a union man, and he ran afoul of the general's minions. They set fire to his house while he was sleeping, and guess what? He's all burned up, and he's disfigured, and he gets crazy in the process. So he wraps himself up, up in bandages, and he lets his scalpel do the talking. He's Think Rorschach. And again, you'd be in the zone with this character. He's smart, but he's like very insane. Um, especially so after the general sacrifices the entire population of Dark Willow to appease this evil master that he has. 
There's another character called Professor Green. Remember when I talked about that archaeological dig in Turkey where the general was so hot to get this artifact? You got to bring this back to me. This Professor Green finds it, right? And he brings it back to the general. But he was gone so long that his girlfriend is hooking up with another guy. And if you uh, remember the Ditko era Peter Parker, that's pretty much on the money for this character. Um, So he brings back the artifact and the general takes him to task for being late, and he's he won't give it up. The general fires a gun, and, and poor P- Professor Green goes over the side of the building, and guess what? This artifact was taken from the ruins of Troy, and it grants the bearer the power of Achilles. Massive strength, speed, impervious to bullets, blah, blah, blah. Um, but there's a catch to this power. Every time... Professor Green uses the artifact. He uses, he loses, sorry, a year of his life. But if he kills a ne'er do well while he's using the artifact, he gains a year of his life. His life is extended by a year. So cool, right? It's all pulpy goodness. Baron Zemo makes a, a brief appearance. Um, I won't say who the general is summoning, summoning but if you read. Avengers No Road Home, it's in the zone with that character. Like that character was called Nix. This character is a variation of that name with the middle letter changed. That's all I'm going to say. The general, unfortunately, has a taste for children. He likes to, uh, it's, it's very strongly implied that he likes to have sex with them before he kills them. And he gathers all these children together, and he's going to kill them all to bring this this evil, disgusting character into the the reality. And guess who? What? Guess what child he kidnaps as one of his his posse of kids that he's going to kill? What famous kid was kidnapped? Oh, 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 oh. John uh, Benet Ramsey? No. The freaking Lindbergh, Lindbergh baby. baby. He kidnaps oh. the Lindbergh baby. <laughs> it's so silly, right? One of the characters during the course of the story is turned into a werewolf. It's nuts. Mm-hmm. It's so much fun. Zercher is on fire in this book. Yeah. yeah. It is absolutely stunning. I, I, I have a hardcover of it. I don't have the individual individual issues. I'm so glad I have the hardcover because it's a book that I will read and reread. That's great. Over and over and over. It is amazing. But if it, it's very pulpy. It's mm-hmm. the, these these are basically human characters with the exception of Achilles that that can do extraordinary things. There's really no nothing, you know, there's no no um yellow sun that's that's making these characters super powerful or you know it's they're all basically human beings that are doing extraordinary things because they've pushed themselves to the limits it is just amazing it's an amazing miniseries i think it partly i think it was overlooked to some degree thanks to the 12 oh it's yeah it's very much it's it's in the same it's in the same breath as right. the twelve. Whereas the but, twelve was brought to the modern day, this is still of its time. It's I would I would much rather have reread Mystery Men than have just completed finally finishing what, you, the twelve. But you read this? 
I. You just said he bought it off the shelves when you first oh, read it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, when it was coming so, out. So Dude, I love gonna... Zurcher. Patches. Pa- pa- he is. I don't want to say he's a, because don't forget, bro. He, oh, he did. Oh, he, oh right. God. I was just going to say that those Matt Fraction Thor specials, but he is, he's somebody who, you know, you don't, you don't always like, I don't know if he's a go-to guy or he's somebody that, you know, can, can fill in really quickly. But I mean, he, he's, he's done work for Valiant. He's done work for DC. I, I like his style. And, and I think that depending on the subject matter, he, he fits in really nicely. And apparently, um, he tweeted recently that uh, yesterday that um, he went after a gig and he got it. And I don't know if it's going to be in the main series or in Savage Sword, but he will be drawing Conan soon. Oh, my God. Yes. Right? Yes. Jason, there's a, a sequence in this thing where the the general's people bring him children. And, and he goes into this room where this young girl's there and he's he's about to do the despicable thing that he does and the girl looks at him and she starts talking in another voice mm-hmm. and and it's the evil entity speaking through this child mm-hmm. and as he's talking to the child the child decomposes and nice. looks at and looks at it like her skin just starts sliding off her bones mm-hmm. and and she looks at him and it's this chilling disgusting visage of this decomposing child and after he's done talking to her the child is laying in a pool of flesh and blood like at the base of the bed and it's just like once you when you read this that that when you experience that sequence you won't forget it Mm-hmm. It, it's 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 just an amazing amazing miniseries nice and and i agree with david it was criminally overlooked at the time of its publication but if you do a little hunting you can find this thing in hardcover and or scare up the individual issues it's not long it's only five issues and i think it's a very very worthwhile read um especially i mean there's a there's a, a little tiny tie to the Marvel Universe with Baron Zemo and other things. But, I mean, you don't have to read it in light of the Marvel Universe. You can read it just because it's a damn good story featuring really, really well-constructed characters and believable. And it's this, it's, it's, again, it it tugs at those pulpy heartstrings that really, it it just drives my my comic reading bus. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. If you want to read it, I can bring it to C2E2. I'll make it happen. Nice. That's what's up. Or we'll buy you the individual issues because we love you so much. Hey, we're not above that. It's true. I'll spend money to get you to read something. Damn. My nipples are hard. This is great. It's a great, great series. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. So I need your help. Uh Oh, no. For what? I need your help putting a final uh, punctuation on the miniseries that I read that we agreed we tag on. What's this miniseries? Transformers Unicron. Ah, why why do you need help? (laughs) Well, (laughs) I don't necessarily need help and I know what happened, but I really am more interested in hearing, like, just to, well, let's set it up. So Transformers Unicron is the final 
seven issue, I say seven because there was a zero issue right. miniseries that ended the what decade plus long IDW continuity, right? So that's like is that like the fourth official comics continuity of Transformers? Something like that. But either way, it, it wrapped up with however long. The, the I mean, IDW's been doing the Transformers comics for as long as we've been doing the show. And this wrapped up that long-standing continuity. We already know we're getting a new continuity. It's already been solicited the first four issues. So that's another that's another thing entirely. But but uh, but this was the conclusion. And from from my vantage, in a lot of ways, well, for, it was written by John Barber uh, with art by Alex Milne, um, which makes all the sense in the world because I think they're two of the people most most known uh, as Transformers creators, right? Yes. I mean, certainly two, if not the, if not the best, two of the best. Um, in, in essence, I hadn't read um, the last thing I read for the Transformers was what All Hail Megatron, or no, 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 uh, what, what, something came after that that we that we read that we read together. Um, but it's been a few years, either way. I, I mean, I certainly sure. not. I'm not caught up with, with whatever was going on that led to this. Um, and to the series credit. I think they, I certainly got an, I, I got everything I needed to get to understand the significance of this. But as I looked at it, it really was Barber doing the classic Norse mythology of Ragnarok for the Transformers, which is that uh, for those not familiar, Ragnarok is a concept of um, the Norse gods fighting until they destroy each other in, in totality. And with that, they are reborn anew for an entire new lifespan. Um, and that's kind of what happened here. Basically, Unicron, which is a giant planet-sized transformer that eats other planets to for sustenance, is going on a tear through the universe, eating all of the Transformers worlds, because I guess there are now 13 colonies. And they are destroying them one by one, of course, leading up to the major battle to eat and or save Cybertron and on Cybertron are uh, a lot of Transformers I was familiar with a bunch I wasn't familiar with and basically for the most part the uh, Autobots and Decepticons are working together um, mm-hmm. although there's definitely still even in the mists of this a lot of political machinations people vying for control um some want Optimus to step back up because he's not the leader, but in these moments they always feel like he's the best to make the tough calls. Uh, Windblade is the current leader of Cybertron, but she's reluctantly so. You've got Starscream, who I guess was the leader of Cybertron for a time, and mm-hmm. now is a double agent and that he's working with Shockwave, but also working hand-in-hand with the leaders of Cybertron, and it's unclear like which side he's really on. Then you've got Shockwave, who has been um, who's been trying to leverage this whole thing with Unicron um, because he wants the 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 form, he wants what what the Transformers history he wants the history to be wiped out so that that the survivors in a Darwinian way can can rise anew and take over the universe in a in a new leadership. Um, I guess he controls the Maximals, which are mm-hmm. the the animal-looking Transformers. Um, well, you know the it, backstory on that, right? Uh, well, I don't, but you can fill me in. So let me, because I have a couple questions. But like, okay. But so so, but there. But basically, Shockwave's plan goes awry. Um, 
because he thought he could control Unicron, and he had this thing called the Talisman. And the idea was, once the Unicron ate Cybertron, since the Talisman was on Cybertron, that he believed that would kill Unicron, and thus he and his crew would have ported to Earth and been ready to do their world, their universal domination. But the it didn't happen. So then Unicron heads for Earth, and now Shockwave's kind of like, well, fuck, I don't know what to do now. Um, a bunch of them all ultimately port to Earth and have their final battle. Uh, the final battle involves some heroics by a couple of characters I was unfamiliar with, including a combiner mm-hmm. uh, that I didn't know much about, although I'm intrigued to know more because, you know, I love the combiners. Um, obviously, Optimus plays a big role there. Bumblebee plays a big role. Um, you're, Prowl you're talk- plays you're talking about Victorian, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Victorian. Yeah, yeah. Prowl plays a big role, and I guess at some point in the continuity, Prowl had become an outcast yeah. um, and been kind of disowned from the Transformers leadership. But all this stuff coalesces, and the one thing I will say about this series, um, I would imagine if you were like you or many others that were, prop- were reading it religiously or semi-regularly, there was a tremendous amount of fan service in these six issues. Oh, hell yeah. Like, yeah. It seems like they were trying. He was trying hard to bring cameos or little bites from every major arc or piece of the mythos together for this final battle, which I appreciated for the attempt. But since I didn't have a tether to most of it, it it felt noisy to me. But I understood that was more of a me thing than a it thing. Like I wasn't holding it against it because I just didn't have. Really, I didn't care too much about these characters. So for me, it just felt like I was having characters being thrown at me every panel, and I just kind of had to go with it. Um, you know, I enjoyed it for what it was. I thought Milne's art looked great. Um, I do think it was hard to balance upwards of a hundred characters in this grand battle, this grand arc, where everyone had to have their moment. Um, probably the coolest thing for me was the Seekers getting back together. Um, for you know, part of the mission, it was awesome to see them flying together and formation, and and you know, with the idea of trying to save the world, uh, save the universe. Um, you always like the seekers, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and I and I liked. I mean, it had a happy ending, which is cool. Um, so yeah, man. Like, like I guess I'm more interested because I enjoyed it, but I enjoyed it in the capacity of being someone that that had very little emotional. Um, investment into what came before and uh there were little things that that i didn't like that nitpicked at me um and again that's more about the idw hasbro decision to treat all their toy lines as a combined universe mm-hmm. not at all feeling um uh what's his name as a, as a gi joe member um one of the seekers uh uh thun- it's not uh yeah, thunder yeah yeah thunder's then, yeah, yeah, Thund- whatever Thund- one that is. Yeah, yeah he he's a. I, I'm not. I'm not feeling him as a GI Joe. Um, I'm not well, feeling. He has been for quite a while. Yeah, I know. I'm not feeling Rom as as a part Stop. of the Transformers. That Stop. makes no sense to me. He's Stop. not a Transformer though. I don't like. No, he's um, not. But his armor is made from one of the ores that. Yeah, see- it doesn't make doesn't make any sense to me. It makes perfect sense. Wasn't feeling the visionaries being brought involved as some kind of like adding <laughs> magic to the mix. <laughs> Same. Um, um uh, don't know how i feel about mask being involved um but but to be fair those are those are minor i mean they have minor roles all yeah. The way. yeah um so I, i'll give them that i mean that is their thing whatever uh but i'm I'm hoping with the new relaunch that we 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 don't have that anymore um but, but you know what the fact that you got so much out of these six issues having 
not read the entirety of what came before at IDW, that says a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I say I think Barbara did a nice job of of basically giving me a history lesson as as they come to the climax. But but I am really interested to hear what you thought because you have far more involved in this and and uh, and and you know I would imagine like with any ten to twelve year run with multi multiple um, titles. I would imagine you like you liked some of the run more than others, but um, but I'm just curious how you thought of it as a as a finale because you know it, it wasn't like a like nothing. The ending didn't. Th- I thought the ending would just kind of be like that's the end since we were getting a complete reboot. In essence, they could pick up right where they left off. I mean, they, yeah, they could. They could. I don't think they're going to, but they could. No, I mean there are, there are some characters that have made sacrifices at the end of issue six that need to be reworked going forward. Mm-hmm. I mean, beloved characters that need to be in the spotlight. Right. The, I mean, when you think transformers, you think of these characters. I don't want to give it away. These characters. And if they're not there, what with the events of issue six that, you know, it needs to be fleshed out, but mm-hmm. No, I mean, I thought IDW did a great job with the Transformers license. And um, starting with All Hail Megatron, and if you look at the art on, I mean, I'm skewed towards the visual side of it. If you look at the art on All Hail Megatron, it's really good, but it's... Weedy, weedy, right? Yeah, yeah. well, for some, for for part of it, Mm -hmm. I believe... But if you look at the, the, the art on the early stuff that IDW was kicking out, it was good, but it is nothing like this Unicron stuff with Alex Milne. And I don't mean to correct you, but there are other players involved on the visuals other than Alex Milne. You okay. have Andrew Griffith, Kazama, and um, Sarah, oh boy, what's her name? Uh, Petres Durocher. Like, because Six was the the capper on it, there was more hands than just Alex Milne. Mm -hmm. But no, I mean, I thought it was really well done. Um, I I shudder to think of someone reading this Unicron miniseries not having experienced what came before and getting anything out of it. Because, I mean, if if you haven't watched the transformers cartoons over the whatever if you haven't at least read a transformers comic you're going to be kind of lost coming into this i mean mm-hmm. there's a, there's a lot of baggage going into this but barbara does a great job but there's you still like when rc and um what's the girlfriend's name um eliron when they're together if you don't know what came before, you'd be just like, "What's you know, what's going on here?" And Onyx Prime with the Shockwave and and the whole with the Maximals. The the Maximals was they brought the Maximals in to include that part of the Transformers mythology that didn't really make a whole lot of sense. Like, all right, you have Optimus Primal and Megatron as a T Rex. Like, yeah. what is what does that mean? But they weren't Optimus and Megatron. They were Transformers that were brainwashed by Shockwave into thinking they were Optimus Prime. 
and Megatron. That that's the whole deal with those characters. Right, it, it's right. it's just a nice way to bring that arm mm-hmm. of the Transformers history into the 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 IDW mythology. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I thought this was great. Uh, I I like you. I don't like the visionaries spin on it. I don't like the fact that the dire wraiths are involved somehow, like that dark magics of of Alonia. I don't think I don't like the way that it's crucial to the formation of Unicron. Like why? It doesn't have to be. But I, I I get it that they're just trying to corral all the Hasbro properties into one narrative. That's fine. But on the flip side, I love the fact that Rom is included in the Transformers history because the Space Knight, or sorry, the Soul Star Order, their armor is made from the ore that was seeded to that colony. That's neat to me. But mm-hmm. you pick and choose, right? I don't. I, and it's sure. like the visionaries. I don't think the magic of the visionaries has anything to do with the Transformers history, but yet it does in this thing, you know? And and you were right. If you weren't reading, you have no idea who the torchbearers are. And and this Victorian thing, that's unique to this Unicron miniseries. They use the the what's the the matrix of combination thing that that en- enables them to make a gestalt. I uh-huh. I, don't for, I forget the name of it. They use that to form Victorian, and it's really cool. And it's like, whoa, look at this. This is awesome. But it really has nothing to do with. A whole lot of what came before. Okay. Yeah, it was neat. And like, I, Mons- I was reading online. I, I, it's actually kind of cool. Victorian, the toy was actually fan chosen. They mm-hmm. they had the fans vote on and actually created a combiner based on fan voting at some point. So that's kind of cool. Well, Windblade. That's that's one of the the first. I think it was the first completely fan created um, transformer. Oh, nice. Yeah. But you got Liege Maximo and the Maximals. Like this, I mean, it's going to go over a lot of people's heads. But if you just take it for what it is, and I mean, it's really well written. And when you think of it, it's a bunch of it's a bunch of robots running around, right? But sure. not really. They have unique personality. Like Starscream is is the Loki of the Transformers universe. Right. He's very deceptive. He's only out for himself. He will he will try. He he always furthers his own agenda, his own ambition. And Megatron and Galvatron are long gone by now? That was what I liked about it the most, that Megatron was nowhere to be found other than Mm -hmm. the the maximal Megatron. That's awesome. I thought that was really neat that they didn't fall back on time-worn tropes of the Optimus Megatron struggle. Because if if you go back to the beginning of the Transformers history... Optimus and Megatron were pretty much aligned, mm-hmm. at least as far as the agenda. But it was Megatron's methodology that didn't sit well with Optimus, with Orion, Orion Pax, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't sit well with him. So that's where they diverged. But they're, they pretty much had the same outlook on the the whole their agendas with with you know um the rights and the 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 divergence from the whole um empire notion that that was with the early transformers that that was the whole thing that started that slippery slope downhill was that 
they they adopted the empire uh, approach where they were just spread beyond Cybertron and started conquering all this shit. And it's like, this is not the original idea. This is mm-hmm. perverted. But I think if, if you want to read Unicron, the thing to get is, and it was just published, was the Transformers uh, Historia. That de- it's it's mostly text based. There's there's comic panels in it, but it, it's basically one long text piece that details the history of the IDW Transformers from the beginning to the end. If, mm-hmm. I mean, you can you cannot read the last couple pages and save it if you want to read Unicron, but it'll get you up to speed, lickety split on right. what has gone down before. It's pretty much essential. If you haven't read any of the IDW Transformers, I mean, and but did you feel like this was a satisfying ending? Were you? Oh like, hell yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Especially where the the major players are concerned, I, I I thought it was very fitting what the sacrifices made. I thought they were they're pretty appropriate. Mm-hmm. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Metroplex dropping the space bridge. Come on, son. Metroplex? <laughs> I freaking love Metroplex. I mean, we all have our beloved Transformers, right? Bludgeon is in on this. You bring Bludgeon into the picture, and I'm just like, woo-woo. I love Bludgeon. <laughs> See, I didn't know who that was, but... Really? Yeah. Bludgeon's a pretender. You remember the pretender shells? Back in G1, where you, it was this... These these monsters that snapped open and there was another. Oh yeah, there was like, oh, like a like a um, like a silicanth or like a deep sea fish or there mm-hmm. was like a, like a, like an angelfish or something like. Mm-hmm. Or a, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And, he was and one of those. I, I I just love the way Milne draws the Transformers, and I can th- I can guess that it's not easy. When you got a lot of planes like that in a character, it, that that's got to be freaking hard. Without the benefit of CAD software helping you out, and it, it, this does not look like there was any CAD at all involved in it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's pretty amazing that a person or a, a a bunch of people can draw these robots so convincingly and yet not make them look like they were kicked out of a of a computer program. It's it's just great. Yeah. Right. yeah. I, th- I thought it was very satisfying. If you just... a little bummed, I didn't get to see Blaster. Uh, okay. <laughs> no score. No score for not. Yeah. What happened with Prowl? Like, why was he on the outs? The, I don't remember. Which means I probably didn't read it. I didn't read that that part of it. But I mean, like I said, I'm off again, on again with IDW's Transformers, but just because. And going forward, I really hope, like I'm signed up for the first, as of this last previews order, I'm signed up for the last, the, the first four issues of Transformers. Same, yeah. If if they would just keep it to one or two right. titles, right. I'd be I'd be fine with it. But like you know, three and a miniseries here and there is too much. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm definitely gonna try and stick with it. And you know, if it's good, I mean, obviously, has, if I it has to be good, but if it's if it's good, and you know, I'm definitely down. For for having a a, a clean a clean restart, like where, you know. Well, when you build up this much mythology, you really need to hit the reset button because yeah, I mean there was a lot of mythology that I was seeing, like you know, with the idea of like the the original thirteen and like mm-hmm. each different having a different like totem that they represented and 
and how they get their powers and then this magic being a part of it now. And, um, it, you know, it seemed that part seemed daunting and it kind of made me happy that I didn't have to reconcile all that. And I could just take this, take the events for what they were. Yeah. I love that. RC is at the center of this thing. Like she knows more than she's letting on. And she's, she, she has a, a legacy with the, the, with Cybertron that's deeper than most transformers. And it's great that she's a female, but which which begs the question, like the spark, what makes a transformer female styled, and what makes them male? Like it just, I I think like with George Romero zombies, there's a lot of storytelling that's available with the transformers that can really get into symbolism, um, like with the nature of the soul. What is a soul, and and why is some why are some souls supposedly female and some are male? Like, what does it matter, you know? But I mean, I think that's a a neat thing to explore with the Transformers. What with them being just robots, like, why do they need a gender anyway, right? Mm-hmm. And the the uh, the the concept is rife for exploration in those, and and that's what a lot of the IDW did. What with the two, you know, there's some male. Transformers that were together, and there's some female Transformers that, that were together, and it doesn't really matter mm-hmm. when you're just you're just talking about two souls commingling. I just thought it was great, two sparks in this case. No, they've they've done great things, and I'm I'm just I I'm very optimistic going forward. I think it's it's I'm I'm ordering it in single issues again for mm-hmm. for first time in a while. Yeah. Do you how many how many holders of the uh, of the leadership matrix do you think you could name oh boy right now on my fourth glass of wine no i don't know um but i mean i could bring it up in a second if i might because i have um massive massive databases of of transformers and and the history and all that stuff i i don't know i i would guess that there were in if it stands to f- true to form, I would guess that there was probably thirteen holders of the matrix. Um, our friends at Wikipedia have at least twenty here. Twenty. Wow. Read but them. Some off. are kind of weird, like Buster Witwicky for apparently for a short period of time had it. But see, that's the Marvel continuity, right? Well, th- well this is just this is they, they just call it the G one. Like the G one, like so. I okay. guess this. So it starts with um, with it. Uh, I guess that was like maybe like the Cro Magnons, I guess again, and then <laughs> Alpha Prime. Yep. Prima. Yep. Nova Prime. Yep. Guardian Prime. Nominus Prime. Zeta Prime. Sentinel Prime. Alpha Trion. <laughs> who was in the comic? Who was in the yes. this? Alchemist Prime. Vector Prime. Optimus Prime, Buster Witwicky, Thunderwing, Starscream, Megatron slash Galvatron, Ultra Magnus, mm-hmm. Rodimus Prime, Giggle Giggle, Scourge. Yep. Why and are you then, giggling at Rodimus? I don't know. I always thought it was kind of silly, but... Stop. Uh, and then General Hawk. Uh, see? Sheoli's G.I. Joe vs. Transformers <laughs> series. It's true. I know. So that's continuity. Yep. That's canon. It, it is. It is. Yeah. 
anyway, yeah, no, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it again. Like, it's nice to know that uh, an OG fan like you thought it was a, stuck the landing and a guy that I mean, I, Transformers one of those things. I always, I mean, I, I view myself as a Transformers fan, but I for some reason it's just not something that I I read the comics often. I mean, same with GI Joe. I mean, I, 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 but for me, I think that's a quality thing. I think I think. For some reason, IDW's had a much better stewardship of Transformers in the comics in the last decade than they have G.I. Joe. Oh, definitely. I just yeah. don't know why that is. I mean, same publishing company, but... I but, think the, yeah. the only one that rivals IDW is Marvel. Like, the Dreamwave stuff was good. It was pretty, but I don't think the depth was there like IDW's. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, it, they're touching all the bases. Like, when during the final battle when they're all yelling till all are one, you know, I mean, that just, it, it just encapsulates all like, because they had a series till all are one. Right. And it's just great stuff. Nice. Yeah. That Vince. Speak on young justice. Number two. You want me to? I can do that. I do. Okay. Um, whereas the first issue I thought threw us in and hit the ground running, um, because we have questions, especially when it comes to some characters we haven't seen in a while. Um, the second issue doesn't really answer much. Um, although it gives you a little bit of what's been going on with Cassie a few weeks ago. Uh, basically, the second issue is this is more like, um, I guess, what people might be used to when they think of the way Bendis tells his stories, where you, you really don't. This this was definitely a chapter in a larger story, but if you were hoping to get an answer, especially after the cliffhanger from the first issue, um, you have to wait a little while. So we, we, um, we take place we're we're, we're in gem world, uh, right at the start. And, um, after, um, we get a little bit of, of, of what's been going on in gem world with, uh, Thanks to a conversation with some, uh, I'm going to call them ne'er-do-wells, but we we quickly get past those couple of pages and we're with Ginny Hex and Wonder Girl and Teen Lantern, um, who were, of course, thrust uh, to Gemworld in the first issue of Young Justice. And after a brief exchange, well, during a brief exchange between Jenny and Wonder Girl, um, we have a flashback illustrated by um, Emanuela Lupacino, uh, where Cassie is basically, she, she we see her um, quickly, we don't know how long the fight was beforehand, but um, she, she, she makes short work of... Um, of Despero and something that was kind of, um, 
after she 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 takes care of him over a high school football field and um and once he's vanquished the crowd comes around and um they're not quite sure who she is and um she's like okay well um she's not real sure like what the because he's an officer shows up and and he's like so you know yeah for my report so are you like zatanna are you just i don't which one are you and and i just you know just so that and she she's a little confused um and she uh she sees her grandfather and 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 cassie's grandfather is uh is zeus of course king of the gods and um it's a second comic i read this week with an appearance by zeus and we um they have a little conversation and and uh granddad wants to um offer her something which she kind of rejects and i'm i'm not going to go into detail as as to the what's and and why's but um after their little exchange we we don't really see what happens after grandpa disappears we just um She's kind of left alone with her thoughts. And now you turn the page and you're back in the now, in the present day where Ginny has a shotgun pointed at Cassie. And uh, Ginny has no idea who Wonder Girl is. And um, she's like, okay, but you know who Beast Boy is. And and, and Ginny's like, well, yeah, he's a Teen Titan. And, and Wonder Girl's like, okay, yeah, but I don't, I just... And... Then Teen Lantern um, pops up, and and Teen Lantern knows who Wonder Girl is, and they they uh, the three of them all decide to to kind of um, take a look as to to what's going on and what kind of, you know where are they 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 they, they want to survey the the area and see what the hell's going on. Um, but a uh, a winged horse and its two passengers um, collide into Ginny's pickup truck. Um, and of course, the horse was... Um, the riders were uh, Amethyst and Robin. And while they're having a little conversation and, and, and um, Amethyst says, you know, well, this is, um, this, this is my kingdom. And they're interrupted by someone yelling. It, 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 it's who's a little put out that you know Amethyst would consider Gemworld her kingdom, um, but actually it's it's um, it belongs to Lord Opal of Gemworld, um, and its inhabitants, who of course are heroes now or part of, uh, all belong to him. And that's the end of the issue. Except at the end, at the bottom of the page. We do say, we do see next whatever happened to Connor Kent. So I realize that my review, if you want to call it that, was kind of all over the place, and it's kind of how I felt about this issue. I, I didn't, I didn't love it as much as I did the first issue. Um, this made me feel like it would probably read better once. Once the arc is is complete, I know we're, we're we're still trying to figure out how the um how these characters may know each other and 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 how the different 
how the different versions of these characters or, or, or different errors may all um, intersect and line up and how they can coexist. So I'm, I'm along for the ride for that. But, but as far as um, the, the high that I had after the first issue, it didn't disappear, but it, it may have, have slightly lessened a little bit only because of what I, of, of how great I felt after reading the first issue and I was, I was, I was still expecting to ride that wave a bit. And, and I kind of didn't because we got a little bit of, I felt we got a little bit of a speed bump with the, um, with the wonder girl, uh, interlude and not to say that, you know, that's not necessary, but for me, it may have felt a little too soon. Cause I, I have a feeling now next issue we'll get what Connor, what, 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 some maybe recent events with Connor or maybe even while uh, with Bart. I don't know, but I, I just, the, the, um, the momentum, even though it was only one issue. Um, I didn't, I didn't really feel with, with this one. I, I completely agree. I, I, I don't want to say I was disappointed with the second issue, but it, it, it definitely throttled back the excitement I had after the first issue. Where I thought, okay, it's a little early for a Bendisi filler issue for me. It's a, like, it's a, like, give me two, three issues of 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 jumping into the fray, and then and then roll me back and and spend some time introducing one of the characters. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think you said it right. I, I I didn't dislike it or feel some kind of way about it, but it definitely. Um, whereas after the first issue, I was just hyped for the second issue. Yeah. I. Now I'm kind of like, all right, well, maybe I'll let a few stack up and see how the arc goes. I think what probably helped um, tamp it down a bit was that Gleason basically did the framing sequences. He did the the present day gem world. And it's cool. You know, I mean, a lot, at least Lipacino got to draw that, that those 10 pages of, of that, that, that specific scene. But you know, it's the second issue and, and we have two artists working on it. So, um, I think yeah. when I look at everything all together, it, it was, I'm not saying it was a misstep. It was just, yeah, like, like you said, it was the, the, the excitement kind of just wasn't, wasn't there as much. But what'd you think, Vince? I'm glad Jason said it when he said Bendisi. I mean, I haven't been reading much of what he's been producing at DC. But I think this was the most egregious falling back on what I've come to know of Brian Michael Bendis. I, I didn't enjoy this issue at all. I think the the dialogue between Zeus and 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 Cassie was way too long. Yes. I yeah. I just I I didn't. I mean, the gem world stuff is cool, but we didn't get much of it. No, we didn't. That, you that know, was, that was a disappointment. And when you drop that huge bomb at the end of issue one, like Connor Kent, <laughs> yes. and then you don't follow up on it he in issue even show two, up. he's not even in this I'm, issue. I'm teetering on the brink of I don't give a shit, and I don't want to because I love Connor. Yeah, but it this this just smacks of. The old, you know, let's string them along for another issue until we really give them what it's it's the old Wolverine origin thing. Like, let's just keep yeah. dragging these people along and, and they'll just keep reading just to find out. I, I think Bendis is is better than that. 
at least yes. he should be at yes. this point in his career. But this just seemed like um, a total just ploy to get another three ninety nine out of out of us until he follows up on. You know, we get to see where the ball goes after the swing at the end yeah. of the first issue. And I yeah. think I, I think we're probably going to get this because um, in the recent previews, I think um, Tim's is also listed as as a um, as an artist. So I'm guessing we're going to get uh, Gleason doing the modern the present day story with our heroes, and then um, another artist will will tackle a character, whether it's. No, Teen Lantern or Ginny and and until we're all and that'll be that'll be, you know, his 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 new Avengers following the after they after everybody comes together after the raft battle, then 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 that's when the series will will kick into gear. We're probably more. I'm, no, it's not probable. It's it's definite. We're more familiar with Cassie than we are with Teen Lantern. Yep. I would have much rather. If you're going to do an interstitial issue like this, I would have much rather it be about some character I don't know much about right. than Cassie. I mean, I just thought it was a wasted opportunity. I, I'm not going to poop on the series because it, it, it's a, a product of the dangers of what happens when you ship twice a month. You got to have more than one artist on it. and it I, don't, just, I don't think this is shipping twice a month. Really? It felt like the other one just came out like not long ago. Really? Yeah. Oh. But still, even even more so, why do you got two artists on it now? If it's only coming out once a month. Right, right. Like why why can't Gleason do it all? I don't know. I I'm not a gigantic fan of Bendis, so yes, he has done some very good work. But I need some convincing that he's not going to fall back into the old, same old, same old. And this issue didn't really give me any confidence that he's doing anything other than that. Just falling back on the way he does things. It does bring me and, a little bit that uh, only because um, you, you, you tried this because, of course, the, the Connor. But I think you would enjoy Action Comics. And because you're not a fan of Bendis, you haven't been reading it, and and so you try this one, and this feels more like Bendis than than, than the Superman stuff does. So it's it was it, it's just an unfortunate circumstance, right? And I know it's unfair to to deride a creator for having a unique voice. Bendis has a very time. no, it's no Bendis. He has a very unique voice, right. but I'm not sure that I'm digging the song he plays. You know, and 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 I, I don't want to sound chauvinistic, but he always gloms onto the female characters. I don't want to read ten pages of Cassie. I just don't. Right. You know, when, when you have Robin riding a unicorn yes. with Am with Amethyst, show me more of that. Yes, you know, please. that's what I want to see, and and follow up on the Connor thing. Because that's yes, all I'm. That's what, I, that, 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 that's what brought me to the dance, son. I just I, it's. Well, you've always been more about man dick than, than girl dick. <laughs> yes. But as 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 male entities, we are more inclined to at least empathize or 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 understand a male character more than we can understand a female character. 
Mm. I'm going to have to push back on that. No, but isn't that the way of life? Women are very mysterious. No. No? We did talk about Captain Marvel. I I don't at all. I I wholeheartedly disagree with the notion that we're preternaturally disposed to root for or be more emotionally invested in male characters than female. Because I don't see yourself in a male character, but no, I think because it's well, but, but seeing yourself does not does not to me exact, for me does right. not does not equate to being more invested or interested in. I've no, always I always love female protagonists. Yeah, but the 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 art form of mainstream superhero comics was created by men for men. That was the case, right? But we're, with, this is your 2019 comics. I I, I I understand that, but that doesn't mean that I have to read or enjoy something that I don't completely I can't wrap my head around most things. Well all I'm saying is is I, I'm far more interested in, in in Cassie as a character than I am Connor. Far more. So Really? Yeah, hundred percent. But if we're talking spandex, I would much rather see Superman going toe to toe with Doomsday than Wonder Woman fighting Ares again. You know, it's just. But, I, well, it, but this gets messy because you're talking about a specific character and a specific character. I, I'm, I, I would agree with what you just said, but then I'd also again say, but I'd much rather see Cassie fighting Doomsday than I would Connor. So, because I could, I could see myself in the really no. <laughs> you could put no. yourself in Superman's shoes. I can I mean, put myself in that shoes if I could imagine myself being superhuman, right? If I was super new, superhuman, I would love to be Superman. So it's a male power fantasy. Where Wonder Woman is something that I don't I'm I'm definitely falling down a very, very <laughs> deep, deep, deep hole. <laughs> I, I think you should leave it as you had it, which is that for you, you're more inclined to um find yourself invested in male superhero characters. Okay. Right? Boom. Although you love Vampy, so I don't mean your puzzle. But I can't separate it's the sex from the Vampirella. I mean, yeah, look, even though she doesn't ever actually like have sex, right? Look, no, but look at the costume. It's, oh, it's, no doubt. Yeah. It's yeah. pure vis- it's pure eye candy. Mm-hmm. And and it, it 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 wraps her in a wonderfully delicious horror shell that I find Irresistible, but a male vampire. I'm really like aside from Dracula, I, you know, and Morbius, I really couldn't care less about male vampires. Mm-hmm. It's weird. I maybe I'm I should be dragging a club. I don't know, but that's just how it is. Sorry. What else do we have? What, what I don't I can't tell because I'm not recording this episode. But what does the clock on the wall say? Eleven forty. No, not that clock. Uh, <laughs> well, we've been re- well. We've been recording for about two hours. I'm not sure how oh. much of the beginning is is filler. It is only ten minutes. Give or give or take. So I think we should, we can persevere a little bit more. I have to thank David more so than Jason, but Jason too, for getting me to read Black Panther. Is that right? Yeah. 
I thought it was great. Yes. Um, the 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 grease on the wheel was um, Acuna. I love his artwork, and I don't. Yes, think you do. He, I don't think he's ever looked better than on Black Panther. I think his his artwork is delicious, phenomenal. I think it's he's the right visual voice for this type of story. But that said, I mean, I've never been a huge fan of T'Challa. Mm-hmm. But if you take T'Challa and mind wipe him, which is essentially what's happening here, yeah, and have him find his way through this very harsh, brutal space-based situation, I think it works really well. And and the the spin on the the evil emperor. Um, Jadaka having a symbiote that's like the icing on the cake to me and you throw in the Macron crystal yeah. to sweeten, sweeten the pot it's like okay I, I'm I'm enjoying this yeah, it, did, did you, you've read more of it than Jason I think I have 7 and 8 next to me I haven't read them yet um, not even that far I just read the first trade right right yeah I just I, read the first two issues yeah, oh so really? Then I, so mm-hmm. then I, yeah, so I'm I'm up to issue six. So yeah, so so Vince and I were we're, we're caught up. But it's the old fish out of water, um, approach, and I think that's exactly what Mark Wade is doing with Doctor Strange. Take these characters out of their element, throw yeah. them in something new and different, and you got the makings for a really neat spin on time worn characters. If you don't introduce new characters into the Marvel universe, taking the ones that have been established for decades and decades and and putting them like uh captain america in dimension z that was great because you know what what else can be said with captain america right that has that hasn't been said before you can put your kind of unique polish on it but it's still going to be the same old same old so take them and throw them in a, in, a, in a dimension z and you got the makings for a really cool tale. It, yes, it didn't go on forever, but it shouldn't go on forever. And that, that's what I'm thinking with this uh, Coates version of Black Panther, that he's embroiled in this whole evil Wakandan empire. And that's a neat spin on it, too, that the Wakandan empire isn't benevolent as the Wakandan empire on Earth. You know, that's... Uh, uh, that also is pulling me in too that it's not so neat and tidy removed from the origins of this type of of living i I just i think this is great agreed 100 i i think um i do agree with you that um i think akuna looks great here um the uh i like that you know i mean we 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 talk about the the mythical um unicorns that are readers that came over from from seeing the movies if if anybody <laughs> if, 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 any, if anybody were to you know who saw um the black panther movie wanted to see a black panther comic book i think this is the i would say it was a gamble but i mean the fact that you know here's here's a new Black Panther, but all the characters are the, the names are the same, and 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 you know, the characters you saw on on screen are here. 
just a little different and 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 i love that approach i think the um i i coats is is writing story where you're getting it I'll, there's a tease in each issue to keep you going so you don't you don't get the entire story as as you shouldn't because then why would you keep reading but you're at every time you know you you get a, another clue and and things are um explained for lack of a better word uh something comes up where you you just you still want to see um good over evil and and you know T'Challa is a man on a mission and um you know there's there's for for fans of Star Wars you know they they're, they're definitely going to see something in this that that is going to to what their whistle there there is um yeah, but go ahead. It's almost blasphemous what Coates is doing here, where where you have a, a little piece of of what the Wakandan population went to space mm-hmm. and established an empire. Okay, and over a period of time, it degraded to the to the point where the Wakandan Imperial Police Force. What were their names? The Ascari. They're also in charge of the slave trade. When you say that word, when you mention that word in association to Wakanda, it's it's almost blasphemous because they should you should know better. This is where you came from. You came from Earth, right? And 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 you are you're 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 black. There's a history of of being black and being slaves that is just it it's 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 where the 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 desire to be better and to to supersede and to be you know that's where all that comes from and to go into space and to be slavers that's like blasphemous isn't it yeah and i i thought that was so brilliant that coates used that that as soon as he as soon as it said that these are the slave traders i'm like what like how anti wakanda can you get it's 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 just it's it it shows that the the philosophy that established the Wakandan Empire has been so degraded by the by you know over the the period of time that it's it's become it's become this the antithesis of of being an African American it, it, it's it's nasty mm-hmm. yeah well uh, I mean I would. Coates is one of the short list of creators I'd love to meet and talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, I suspect that this book, and again, I'm only two issues in, so you guys are further along, but I suspect a portion of his take in this is um, playing with the concept of Afrofuturism in a literal sense. Sure. Uh, you know, which is obviously, a, a, a sure, a, a big part of, I mean, Coates being one of the current uh loudest voices in understanding the institutional racism of our country's history. I have to think that he's got his own strong views on Afrofuturism as a concept. And, you know, this book is by quite literally a book about Afrofuturism. So like, I mean, yeah, I, I would imagine that him mentioning the slave trade is by design, right? Like, by, like to, to make sure. the point that even, even a predominantly uh, black uh, 
race that or 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 ethnic group that rises to such power um, may be willing to resort to things like slave trade um, to suit its own ends because right. it's more about power than it is just color of your skin. Um, so yeah, I don't know, but. But again, but, I'm, I'm I'm taking liberties there, trying to guess what he's thinking. I, I but I, I do think I, I one thing I can say for sure is Coates is a very serious dude, and he spent most of his adult life writing and thinking about these concepts. So I would imagine that uh, none of this is is happenstance. Oh, I I yes, I agree with you completely. If it appears within the narrative, it's there for a reason, and um, it's just they're forgetting the dream, they're forgetting the 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 original spark that generated this entire culture mm-hmm. and, and it's just it, on that hand it, it's it's it shatters the emotions to a sense because it's just it's 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 downright wrong but why did they embrace that there has to be a reason and and that's what i'm saying it, it's a it's a very challenging work but um to take t'challa and strip him of of who he who and what he was and cast him in this uh role as a slave in the vibranium mines and uh i think just think it's a neat approach because yes after a while he's going to realize all all the i'm sure all the memories are going to come flooding back but more to the point how is this series reconciled with what's going on in the current marvel universe like when does this take place because T'Challa, yeah, but T'Challa is elsewhere, right? When does when does this happen? Well, when when is Doctor Strange gallivanting in space? If he's going to show up and hanging out with 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 Thor, and and as Deadpool comes traipsing up into the because he's looking for Santa Claus, it, it it's I mean it, it's, it's a very fluid timeline, right? So right? yeah. Um, you know, I'm not. It, this is. I. I. I'm thinking just like how, you know. Cullen is going to be writing Venom during War of the Realms because this way, you know, it's not something. It, it, it's the same thing what Slot did whenever an event was dealing with Spider-Man. It's like, listen, someone else is going to write it because either it's going to fuck my royalties when I collect, you know, my whole Venom omnibus and I have stories <laughs> that tie into an event. But it's it's you know, Coates gets to play with his character. And I mean, and and, and Captain America. I, I'm not current on Captain America. He may be doing the same thing with that because we know Cap is front and center in, in Aaron's Avengers, but I don't know what Coates is doing with Steve in his own book. So yeah, I got to read that. Yeah, same here. And and um, you know, so I think I I, I think because th- these are just characters, it, and I'm not saying that, that 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 Coates doesn't want to dabble with you know the rest of the writers and, and have everybody play together but he, he's got he's been writing black panther for a couple of years now and and he's got a plan for this character just like aaron does with with thor and you know so this is a story he wants to tell i don't think he's trying he's obviously not taking the character off the field if black panther's still in avengers uh but right. he's just like i'm telling my story and you know that's not stopping jason from telling his and the fact that i'm telling it in the far reaches of space many many years from now it's it's not going to make one wit to whatever uh, i mean i'm gonna be pissed if if you know if this i don't know how pissed but i'll be pissed if the story ends and you know storm walks in on t'challa taking a shower and and it was all a dream but it's you know <laughs> oh, you mean I, like soul's daredevil <laughs> i don't know about that because i didn't read it so i you know la 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 if, if i didn't read it it didn't happen um 
Although, and you know what? Even with the presence of Storm, albeit in flashbacks, right, right, right. it's still not enough. As his driving force. I know, I know. To hamper my enjoyment exactly. of the series. I'm with you. I'm with you there. Um, no, I mean, so this is... She's just all blinky and shit. That, that's all. She's just looking at him. She's blinking them big old blue eyes. That's the only storm we get to see. But that's okay. Right. That's okay. But I, I think Coates is such a canny writer. He's so sharp that this series feels... It, it feels like it's going to have legs. That it's going to be something. It's going to amount to something. Within the, the that tapestry of the Marvel Universe, right? I I don't think you're going to be able to once he's finished. I don't think you're going to be able to discount what he's doing here. It's going to say something more than just, you know, T'Challa goes to space, right. which I, for many people would be enough. But there's enough subtext and 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 symbolism and other things that are injected into the story that I think this is going to be a series that you're going to want to revisit. I think so. Yeah, especially with I mean, the um, the Kev Walker art in in issues it, that's not it doesn't look like Akuna, which is, is fine. It's it's definitely more um, comic booky. So if you if you if you loved the painted pages that Daniel was giving you, um, you're not going to get them in in seven and eight. But I I think it's still progressing the story nicely. It it, it gives it a different look and. Um, it may be more attractive to people to some, in, in some respects, but um, I, I think Coates is working with some pretty talented people that, that can also bring his story to give a vision to his story. But it, it's a, um, yeah. it's, and it's not the first time, you know, the child has been in space. He, when, when he was taking care of the fantastic four and McDuffie's run, they, they, they were out there. So it's, it's, it doesn't always have the ground under his feet, but this is, um, you know, I just I I like the the underlying tones are still there. It's just you know we're we just change the settings around and and um, yep. I, I I think it's really neat. It's 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 a different take. It's unique. It was out of that whole Marvel Legacy or Point One or whatever the hell that that book was that that where everybody you got a glimpse with a page or two of where Marvel was going over the next couple of years. And, and Akuna had that basically the same page that, that kicks off every issue as a recap, you know, that, that page was smack dab in the middle of this. And that was probably the biggest question mark out of everything in that book. And no idea what the hell it meant. Why is Black Panther in the future? Why, why is he in space? What does this mean? And, um, um, it's, it, this is one of those, this is, this is one of those things that make me happy. I'm a comic book fan because I just, it's not like if I'm reading a Batman comic and, you know, I know he's going to escape. I know he's going to get out of this and he's going to haul the bad guy off to Arkham and lather, repeat. And, and here though, I don't know what's going on and I'm completely in the writer's hands wherever we're going that's where we're going yeah it's the old blackboard approach that the that point one or whatever that was that marvel thing that to me just smacks of remember when in 52 when you had the blackboard mm -hmm. and there was there was all these little things written on yep. it 
that that they knew full well they were going to explore right. in the future, but they gave you these little nuggets, and everybody's like, "Oh, what does this mean?" It's just stuff that's already in production that yeah. they they wanted to tease. Same approach with that point one thing, but um, I am s- surprised that I'm just digging this as much as I am because, again, it's just one of those things where if you put a a, a writer in an art artist on a property that have that they just commingle so well and they have this this vision for the character it it just works and i think any character could work really well when you have this rock solid creative team that has all their ducks in a row so to speak and i believe coats and acuna and um uh who's on who was you just said it kevin um kev walker Walker. So I mean Walker Kev's a great artist. I'm 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 just I'm just enjoying it. I'm surprised. I love it. I love but it. But it was you, it. you it was you guys that, that kind of like nudged me to read it. And the fact that Acuna is on it. That's true. That's gonna that's yeah. gonna get me to read anything. You're right. I even read Wolverine because Acuna drew it. So Oh no, the horror. It, seriously, not not a huge fan, but whatever. Yes, we've established that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, want to bring this home? Let's do it. To roost. Hey, everybody, as usual, this episode was sponsored by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, where you can get your books, get them fast, and delivered right to your very home for a mere fraction of what everybody else is paying. Get a pen and a pencil, or no, pen and a paper, and write this down. Ascender from Image, $199. Bronze Age Boogie from Ahoy, $2.19. That's 45% off. And from Aftershock, it's Mary Shelley, Monster Hunter number one, for a lousy $1.99. In your travels. <laughs> I have more pulpy goodness for my brothers and sisters. This one's coming out of Dynamite. Of it is. is written by Kieran Gillen. You know him. Illust- illustrated by Casper Wingard. You know him as well. It's called Peter Cannon Thunderbolt Number One. This is a really Speak special book. Really special book. Especially if you know the origins of the Watchmen characters and where they came from and what they were what characters they were based upon. Here's here's the, the pitch. The world is on the brink. Uh, international relations are degrading by the minute. The doomsday clock is a ticking. I say that very specifically. So what could possibly stem the tide of war? What could get everybody unified in acting together to, to thwart this common threat? An alien invasion, right? You got this coalition of metahumans from United States, Russia, and China, and they're begging Peter Cannon to help them stem what appears to be an unbeatable alien invasion. Now, if you know Peter Cannon, Thunderbolt, he was orphaned at a very young age. His parents 
were uh, social workers and they died fighting this plague and Peter was taken in by these monks and he was allowed to read these sacred scrolls and in reading the scrolls he unlocked that 90% of our brain capacity that we don't use Um, he elevated his body and his mind to superhuman levels so you got these these metahumans that are asking Peter Cannon like yo help us out here you got Supreme Justice Baba Yaga from Russia Phosphorus, the test, and Nucleon. What's going on here? Help us out. Well, Peter Cannon looks at it and thinks, all right, these aliens, they're not hive mind. There's one brainiac pulling the strings. You take that brainiac out, all these drones are going to fall apart. And that's exactly what happens, right? But Peter Cannon steps back and he looks at it and he's like, hmm. A unified threat to 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 bring together the the scattered nations of the globe. I would come up with that. That would be an idea that I would do, but I didn't come up with it. So who did? Well, maybe a Peter Cannon from an alternate dimension, and that's what's happening here. And again, I say if you know the origins of the Watchmen characters, Ozamandius was based upon Charlton's Peter Cannon Thunderbolt. And Ozymandias concocted a scheme very similar to what's happening in this issue. So it's metatextual, and it's great, and it's beautiful, and the characters are just like, I, I'm a, I'm a fan of Thunderbolt, always have been, and this is just another iteration in what Dynamite is doing with the character. I thought this issue was great. There's a lot of action, not just with with Thunderbolt, but all these other supporting characters that I haven't seen before. Um, and it's it's worth your time, and it's only a miniseries, so get in on this. Peter Cannon Thunderbolt, number one. Nice. Yeah, it was great. Love it. I have a number one uh, that came out yesterday, and it is um, from Wonder Comics. It is Wonder Twins, number one, by Mark Russell and Stephen Byrne, and I... Didn't know what to expect. I figured, you know, they're giving Bendis an imprint. I'm going to roll the dice, see what's up. Uh, This is also a limited series. Um, And if you know the Wonder Twins from the Super Friends cartoon, this is who these characters are. But um, Russell, who, of course, did a fantastic job with the Flintstones comic, um, was telling a story that may not have been for me with... uh, the Snagglepuss Chronicles. And um, I like the way he approaches things. So this is basically, you know, Zan and Jaina on the DC Earth. Um, they're, as a favor to their father, Superman kind of is letting them hang out on Earth. He's giving them uh, a job around the, the Hall of Justice. Uh, Monitor duty mostly, but... There are some Easter eggs here for fans of the old Super Friends cartoon. The writing is funny in in places. It's not a straight-up comedy comic, but um, there are are some definite... um, I'd say they're heavy themes, but there's a... um, We we, we get 
Zan wants to, you know, be the cool kid in school. Um, and, and, and Jaina is very shy. So we're hopefully going to get her out of her shell as, as the series progresses. Um, and, and maybe knock Zan down a little bit. Not that he's overly arrogant. He just wants to fit in and, and, and be one of the cool kids knowing he's not from this place. But the, uh, we find out Batman had a nickname in, uh, in school because he, uh, he had a crush on a girl named Becky, so he wrote a uh, he wrote a love song about her, but he left it on his desk, and the teacher picked it up thinking it was the poetry assignment, and so um, the teacher read it in front of the class, and then at the end of, of, of the note, it said to be sung to the tune of uh, How Deep Is Your Love by the Bee Gees, and, and so Bruce Wayne was embarrassed in school, Clark Kent was embarrassed in school, and the reason they're telling these stories is because Zan was um was embarrassed he was trying out for the football team uh, i'm sorry no for the uh, for the track team and whenever there's a uh, thunderstorm with lightning um the uh the inhabitants of um of xor there's they um they experience what is known as thunderlust and you know you can um it, it, there's a uh, you're you're driven mad with thunder lust. You um you 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 can uh, you, know, you can change genders. Uh, men become women. Women become animals. The, the the night throbs with their pleasure. And as he's telling this 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 story, because you're supposed to tell the class assignment was you know what where you're from and and if you have anything embarrassing to say about you know your ancestors or where you're from. And um, there's a storm of brewing during track practice and uh and he ends up kind of um we don't see everything that happens but the nickname he ends up getting at school is thunderlust so he, he's embarrassed now he doesn't want to go back to school and and so of course the, the the trinity has to have a talk with him about that and and make him feel better but it is there are there are definitely some moments here that 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 made me smirk um i think it it when you have characters like the wonder twins and you're trying to kind of if you want to fold them in to the DC proper, uh, you can't, you know, you, you're not about to make them, make them gritty and, and throw them in an, an issue of Alias, for example. But at least you can kind of, uh, you know, the, the big bad of the issue can be um, Mixlepitalic. And, and this way, it kind of eases things a bit. And um, I, I really... I really enjoyed it. I, I thought the art was fitting for it too. Burns got a, a cartoonish style. It um, you know, so considering the source material where, where where the characters are from, it it makes sense there. It's not uh, it's not it's not the same kind of um, you know Ryan Sook Superman you're getting in action comics right now, and and it's definitely not the um, the Finch or or the Lee Weeks Batman. But considering the uh, the subject matter and the tone they're going for it it's fitting so i i dug it a lot and and it's um it, it's six issues um i'm gonna stick with it and and see where it goes it's not like you know i don't know i don't know if i could say i was a more of a zan and jana fan over wendy and marvin but you know when it comes to super friend sidekicks um I, I i think i can i can give a story a shot and and, and see where it goes Right on. Um, we got some shout-outs that we 
trying to make sure we get out here, which is to say, shout out to Mr. Pat Scott and Dana Gear, yes. who are our newest patrons, and we love you for it. So thank you very much for the support. And I'm going to keep my In Your Travels short and sweet, uh, which is to say that it is uh, the week. If you're listening to this, you're probably listening to it on Thursday or Friday, rather. Um, but this Wednesday, hit the store shelves, if you don't already know, uh, a not-so-little trade paperback that collects the entirety of the Mr. Miracle run by our good friends Tom King and Mitch Garrods. And um, I uh, I would imagine some of you fools waited until it came out in trade, but uh, make sure you don't compound your mistake of not buying it in single issues by also forgetting to pick up the trade because it is uh, it is a story you should have on your shelves. So go out to your LCS or in-stock trades and grab that BH if you haven't already. Coming in my next box. There we go. I'm waiting for that finally, I finally get to read it. About time. Nice. Be waiting a long time for that hardcover. So. No. I think everything should come out in hardcover. I don't know about everything. DC okay. disagrees. Not everything. DC just canceled a shit ton of hardcovers. Yes, sir. they did. They are not into the hardcover game anymore. Who's this? DC. Yeah, Marvel too. They're just not doing hardcovers. Not selling. Stores aren't willing to hold the inventory. I can see that because you go to Books a Million, at least the one near us, and they are loaded with Marvel hardcovers. DC yeah. hardcovers too. Yeah. Look at that. All right, everybody. Hey, thank you so much for being here. We loved having you. We hope you loved having us, and we hope you come back for next uh, time's show. Uh, if you want more of this, the uh, EOC experience spreads into the Facebooks. We have a Facebook group. We're on the Twitters. And if you would be so kind, please check out our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash one one eleven o'clock comics. We are there, and um, we're just everywhere because we love doing this. We love you. We love everything. And we hope you had a happy Valentine's Day. Indeed. Special guest next week as well. Shh. Stop. No, it's okay. What the the appetite? Get them salivating. Maybe not the next episode, but next week. Right. Exactly. That's what I said next week. Yep, yep, yep. Salivate on this. Say goodnight. I'm doing the static that's in the background. Uh, David. Oh. I... Cheater. How is that cheater? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. But you need to do the static in the background. David. Wow. Pretty good there, son. Uh, yeah, I practice. There you go. All right, everybody. We love you. Come back next time. Say goodnight, boys. Good night, boys. Bye.